1: Ah, it is seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Well, I don't feel duped, but I should have known better. Nothing with Joe Biden is as it seems. I was minding my own business, and it was probably about an hour after we got off air yesterday evening with, with Fox News. And I learned something that changed everything here on the program yesterday morning because it was just unfolding almost in real time. I had no time to process it. About an hour before we signed on, there's all this news and I'm watching. There's the president and he's in Ukraine and surprise. Only it wasn't a surprise. At least Russia wasn't surprised. So I've got to issue a clarification because had I known what I know now, I would have still been somewhat complimentary, but not to the extent that I was. So I'm going to have to do a clarification later today, too, when we fill in, because it's important that people know. You know, for example, I took a screen capture And I started getting very suspicious. I hope I can find this quickly and I can. So I understand the Drudge report. Nobody's ever said anything, but that's not that's not Matt Drudge. I I don't even barely ever go on there. But I thought, let me see what the Democrat media is doing, because that is the Democrat media, a formerly great site. And all, all Matt Drudge ever did was aggregate other people's work. That's the irony of his success. It wasn't his work ever, really. It was other people's work. And he would just put it up there for you to see. So I see headlines. President's trip took guts. Walks in war zone. Unprecedented risks. Historic. Timely. Brave. Biden in Kiev. Air raid sirens blare. So I'm thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. All right already. Enough already. Thou protest too much. So then I started looking into it. Now, there was nothing that I could do um, between 12 noon and or 3 p.m. I'm sorry, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. when we were filling in. I just started to see this stuff. But I thought I'm going to have to do my homework after the fact and look into this. So what I decided to do was I didn't go to conservative sources. I went to Democrat sources. Because who who's going to criticize that? Uh, you know, if you go to some conservative, they're going to say, ah, it's just conservative, you know, uh, partisan rhetoric. So I go to one of the worst news sources in the history of America, AOL which for a while was actually Huffington. I don't know what it is now, but it's terrible. So they have this headline, sneaking a president from D.C. to Kiev without anyone noticing. So I thought, all right, let let me go with this one. And this was an AP report. The writer's name is not in front of me, but it's Evan, I can't remember the last name. Evan Vucci or something like that. So I'm reading and I'm reading and I go through about one, two, three, four paragraphs. And then I hit pay dirt on the fifth paragraph. And here are the words in the Associated Press report exactly as I read them. And it changed everything. In my mind, here it is. But Russia knew what the Ukrainian public did not. US officials had given Moscow notice of Biden's trip. So there you have it. Look, I I thought the whole thing was strange. The president didn't have the typical protection, Uh, it looked really uh, risky. And I couldn't quite understand it because wrong way, Joe, that's not usually the type of thing that you'd see him doing. Well, if you told the enemy that you're coming, I can assure you that Russia, they were not going to assassinate the president of the United States and begin World War III. They talk big. But they don't want that. Look, they've got their hands full with Ukraine. We, we would demolish them. And if they killed the American president, that would be that. They would be finished. So I guess I have to take back because this isn't so brave after all. Now, I, I guess you would say it's not without risk. You're, you're on you know, the ground. You're in a war zone. But if Russia knows you're there. So what other reason would there be to tell them other than, hey, don't don't lob any bombs, you know, while I'm there, I'm going to be there. So I'm not impressed with this anymore. I was very impressed with it yesterday and I spoke very unconditionally positive about it, glowing. And as usual, I should have known President Biden was given so much credit and praise for going to the stage of war. But it turns out he tipped off Vladimir Putin in Russia, told them in advance that he was coming. Now, allegedly, but I don't believe anything from these people. Allegedly, Ukraine didn't know that he was coming. But I guess you'd have to make sure that. Vladimir Zelensky would be around. So I don't believe any of this. I think it's a fake out. I think it was to make it look like all those headlines that I just read to you. But once once and this is the Associated Press confirming it, I'm not making it up. I don't even know where to settle in on how much of this should we be impressed about. Probably not very much. The Ukrainians love Americans. No one was going to kill the American president there in Ukraine. The only risk would be if Russia was bombing while the president was on the ground. But they made this like it was the biggest secret and Biden approved it last Friday and that they worked secretly for months doesn't sound so secret to me so what a um what a fraud but as usual trust me when i tell you this nothing with joe biden is ever as it seems so i'm not going to take it all back but i have to take most of what i said yesterday back here on Fox News. You see, you try, to, you try to do a good thing. And I'm witnessing a lot of people catching up with the truth this morning. And, and feeling pretty duped from yesterday. What do you do when you can't trust anything anymore? Anything that the government tells you. You know, it was interesting. I didn't get home until about 6.30. I had time to eat dinner and basically get ready to sleep, to wake up, to do this all over again. So I got to sleep at about 9 o'clock. I woke up at 2. Lately, I don't, I don't even understand it, but um, I'm beating my alarm clock by a lot now. I used to beat it by five minutes, which I enjoy because I don't like to hear it. I like to beat it, and then I turn it off in advance. This morning I got up a little bit before 2 a.m., and I said, I'm good. Got about four hours sleep, something like that, maybe maybe four and a half, something along those lines. And I'm ready to take on the day and do it all over again, this program, and then we'll immediately go into show prep uh, with the Fox team in New York and get ready to do the Guy Benson show again But I have to I'm going to talk with the team and I I have to I have to say something about this. I can't let my comments of yesterday stand because I didn't have complete information. If I had known that Russia had been tipped off in advance, I would have still said some fairly positive things because it was a good visit. It showed support for Ukraine the president announced additional support. So a lot of it, a lot of it would stand. But, but not the full-throated, unconditional praise. And again, don't let yourself get tricked. I learned from this. When you're dealing with someone that is a very dishonest person, you should always be suspicious. Look at what you're looking at and say. Somehow this isn't what it seems. And then do your homework and dig and then you'll find paragraph five or six. But Russia was notified in advance. It was like a neon sign. What? What? So I wasn't angry about it. But I just shook my head And I said, there he there he goes again. But if you think about it, the plagiarisms, the stealing the identity of some other man and using his life story as your own, the corrupt dealings, the dishonesty of this administration, not going at all to East Palestine, uh, Palestine, but going to Ukraine. the, The debacle of this. Past now more than two years. Everything you hear, you should question. And everything you think you know, you should keep your powder dry until you completely vet it. Because what I thought I knew turned out not to be true. And of course it would change. If not everything, it would change a lot of what I said and what I did yesterday I regret that I'll figure a way it'll be similar to this Uh, I'm taking a test drive now this is extemporaneous I didn't write anything down I'm just sharing how I feel about it that passage just burns at me but let me go to it because I wrote it down Let me count the paragraphs. One, two, three, four, fifth paragraph. But Russia knew what the Ukrainian public did not. United States officials had given Moscow notice of Biden's trip. That makes it a very different visit, don't you agree? We'll be back. As always, don't try this at home. Early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 continues. Fox News Commentary.
2: The laziness epidemic is still sweeping the nation, but women are making up for it. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next.
1: A good
0: work partner knows what you need before you need it. That's how it feels when you work with Cintas. Your dedicated Cintas service reps get to know your business and have the industry knowledge that can help you prepare for what's ahead. They'll deliver your team's workwear freshly laundered. Make sure your first aid and safety supplies, mats, mops, and towels are stocked when you need them. And your fire extinguishers are inspected and in working order. Visit Cintas.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday.
2: Weeks ago, I told you about the NILFs, the 7.2 million men in prime working age, not in the labor force. Well, guess which gender is making up for it? Women, of course. Labor force participation among women between 25 and 54 has made virtually a full recovery post-pandemic. Nearly 77% of women in that age group are either working or actively seeking work. I'm no feminist, but this is a trend worth looking at. Females suffer with pandemic job loss much more than men. 18% of the total female population lost their jobs in the height of the COVID shenanigans. But why are women coming back to the workforce more forcefully than men? Is this an economic or a cultural thing? Men still represent much of the workforce, but they aren't signing up to do the dirty and dangerous jobs like they used to. Work ethic is lacking among far too many Americans. Our workforce is still not where it was pre-pandemic and COVID is over, so no more excuses. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can watch my show Tommy Lahren is Fearless at OutKick.
0: From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Thank you. Welcome back. It is 25 minutes past the hour. This I found very, very interesting and probably quite difficult to achieve. So here's how it goes Rasmussen. It's not my friend Scott Rasmussen anymore. uh, And he was one of the best pollsters ever. But it is his former company. It's a Rasmussen Reports President's Day poll. This is pretty extraordinary. And it shouldn't be surprising because there are certain people, it's just very, very simple. With President Trump, you either like him or you don't like him. There there will be uh, the the brain-dead portion of the electorate, I shouldn't use that expression, but the portion of the electorate that pays little to no attention to what's going on uh, will say they have no opinion or something like that. But typically with President Trump, you have strong opinions one way or the other. So here's how it goes. They did the honors of both best and worst president since the early 1990s, which is kind of fun. This goes back the entire length and breadth of this program. This is every president has been measured since. I just want to make sure it didn't start with Yeah, to Bill Clinton. So you have in this order, Biden now, previous to that Trump, previous to that Obama, George W. Bush and Clinton. President Trump wins the title of best president of the last 30 years. 36%. Barack Obama finished at 30%. To finish second. But here's where it gets interesting, too. The poll also found that Trump is the worst president of the last 30 years. How do you do that? That's incredible, isn't it? Now it's a it's a type of deal, it's a plurality kind of thing, because you have one, two, three, four, five presidents, you know, that are getting scored here 41% said that Trump is the worst president of the last 30 years closely followed by the current president Joe Biden at 39% this was just a thousand American adults it's not registered voters even and certainly it's not likely voters but I don't know about you, I just found this incredibly interesting. 8% had no opinion (laughs) on the best president. In the best president category, George W. Bush finished third with 9%. Clinton and Biden each had 8%. In the worst president category, we gave you Trump and then Biden. Obama took third Bush was next, and Clinton, just 3% voted him the worst. You know, I do have a theory about some of these, and it, and it, it doesn't always, but it mostly pans out to be true. The one that's the most recent, or fairly recent, seemed to do better. Now, Biden is a just a uniquely terrible president. Usually he would have finished first because he is the president now. And in something that you're cuming this over five different people, including yourself, it would be easy to finish number one if Biden was not so disastrous. I think it's extremely interesting. 62% of Republicans pegged President Trump as the best president. Biden had his highest disapproval rating with Republican voters at 64%. Democrat-leaning survey participants gave Obama 52% as the best president. Biden, only 17%. For the worst president... 70% of Democrats opted for Trump. This is interesting, too, because this really matters in terms of winning elections. Among unaffiliated voters who made up 37% plurality of those surveyed, 39% of unaffiliated voters said that Trump was the best president of the past 30 years Ahead of Obama at twenty seven percent, while forty one percent of unaffiliated voters rated Biden as the worst president of the past thirty years. This was the breakdown. I think it's important uh, to know who who, who did they pick for this. Forty percent were white, twenty percent were black, thirty five percent of other minorities. And interesting to note of those numbers, forty percent of whites. 21% of blacks, 35% of other minorities picked Trump as the best president. 23% of whites, 55% of blacks, and 36% of other minorities chose Obama. Trump, although he's a multi-billionaire, he just continues to do well under those who earn lower wages. If you make between 30 and 50 thousand per year. Trump was rated as the best president. If you made more than $200,000, you identified Trump as the worst. Interesting, isn't it? We'll be back. Don't go away. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow right now on the app. We missed a few. More of the best Atlantic City area restaurants. See how we did. Check it out on the app or on the website. History of the Atlantic City Country Club, 1897 to the present. Amazing, incredible history. And it's, you're booming reading this thing. It's booming. Atlantic City Schools text message about Presence Day.
3: From the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Even though rain showers are wrapping up this morning, we're not quite done with wet weather today. Another round of showers and potential thunderstorms are likely starting around 2 or 3 o'clock this afternoon, mostly to partly cloudy skies, otherwise today a high of 56. Drying out with clearing skies tonight, low 34. Tomorrow's high 44. Cooler, early sun gives way to clouds. More rain possible through the afternoon. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today.
0: Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's
1: number one talk station. Say it like that, I like that. Thirty eight minutes past the hour. I like that every time. I wish it was every time, but he does say it a lot. I have to call him and say, could you say that every time, not just every other time or every other, other, other time? So I want to talk about uh, and this is this is really important because it really does validate that America prefers capitalism We're being governed by socialists right now, but only 17% of America agrees with that. 67% of Americans say that capitalism is a, quote, better system than socialism. Only 17% prefer socialism. 16%, again, the wacky ones, unsure. How are you unsure if you would prefer capitalism or socialism? How can you possibly be unsure? So, of course, because we are more divided than probably at any time since the Civil War, it's right down uh, partisan lines. Eighty one percent of Republicans prefer capitalism to socialism. This is amazing. Fifty one percent of Democrats, a majority of Democrats. Think about that. Barely a majority prefer capitalism. 62% of independents prefer capitalism. So, just if you ever think that independents are really, really conservative, they're really not. They're more conservative than Democrats, but really not by a whole lot. A moderate Democrat is almost the same as an independent. Now, How is this even possible? 11% of Republicans prefer socialism. If you ever vote that you prefer socialism, then you don't know what socialism is and how it destroys free will, how it destroys everything. And that it has failed in every example throughout the entire history of the world. 26% of Democrats prefer socialism. 15% of independents prefer socialism. Now, this follows a similar survey last fall by the Pew Research Associates, which showed support for capitalism dropping slightly among both Democrats and Republicans. Although a majority in that survey, 57 percent viewed capitalism positively, that number is eight percentage points lower than it was in 2019 when 65 percent viewed capitalism positively. This is also interesting, going back to the Rasmussen portion of this, 53 percent would not vote for a candidate who supported socialism, 28 percent would vote for a socialist candidate 19% were unsure what I love about Rasmussen they polled likely voters 900 likely voters plus or minus three percent all right I'm going to take this one for a test drive because probably as a kicker later today when we go nationally I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do this story And I'm a Tiger Woods fan, certainly not a fan of his personal behavior over the years, but a fan of his as a golfer. Olympic legend Michael Johnson is slamming Tiger Woods. Now, Tiger Woods has apologized for what he's done. The backlash has been an eruption. But on the ninth hole... For some goofy reason, Tiger Woods decided to do a prank and he slipped his playing partner, Justin Thomas, a tampon. Thomas laughed and threw the tampon onto the ground. The pair then laughed together as they walked away. Well, Woods has been getting just slaughtered verbally for this. Now, again, you know, in my next life, I'm coming back as Harry Hurley life coach. I would sit this man down, whatever he is now, 40-some years old, and say, hey, Tiger, you had a vicious sexual scandal that you blew up your entire personal life, lost your wife, basically destroyed your career, proving that to to be great... You also have to have balance. And he was in utter turmoil. Understandably so. He was running women all over the place. So you come through that. You come through the mystery of that high speed crash. And then you're going to go do this on your first time back in I don't even know how long. Many, many months. He's got to understand the camera is always on him. Whether you like it or not, Tiger Woods said it was supposed to be all fun and games, and obviously it hasn't turned out that way. It was an interview that he did with the Business Insider. Quote, if I offended anybody, it was not the case. It was just friends having fun. As I said, if I've offended anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry. It was not intended to be that way. It was just we play pranks on one another all the time. And virally, I think this did not come across that way. But between us, it was. It's different. Michael Johnson took to Twitter to criticize Woods for his apology. By the way, I've never seen anyone so fast that runs that well used to, he's not running anymore that used to run so straight up, no forward lean, back was like almost arched. Never saw anybody could be that fast running that way. I always wondered if he but you know sometimes you just can't change how you run but i always wondered if he worked on that if he could have even been faster now he was world record in the 200 very very good in the 100 and the 200 even the 400 i think but he ran very straight anyhow quote this is johnson now apology starting with if i offended anyone is no apology see that is true If you're going to apologize, you apologize. No conditions like you shouldn't be offended. But if you need, we we should be able to have fun. But if you're offended, if, if, if he's right about that. Apology starting with if I offended anyone is no apology. Quote, but this is Tiger. Never been a leader. And he's Teflon. Still heralded after all the mistakes, so he's learned nothing. Media focus always on miraculous recovery, never why the need for recovery. I got to tell you, that's intelligent and that's fair. And I believe it's also quite accurate. Now, you have to wonder, are all the groups going to come out, women's groups, Uh, The Women's Global Empowerment Fund said that the gesture was misogynistic and tone deaf and disrespectful to women and girls all over the world. She also wondered whether Woods was implying that, quote, periods are embarrassing or shameful or a sign of weakness, question mark, end quote. Dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. So it shows you, though, I guess if you're just so incredibly rich and you really don't have to care what anybody thinks. But keep in mind, he's a brand. And I wouldn't be surprised if he now loses some endorsements. And if this gets crazy. He could get dropped by all of them. You got to think about these things. You hand a man a tampon. So what do you do about that? How do you you decipher the prank? Is the prank he's calling him a girly man? And I think the lady's right that was talking about, you know, he's messing with, you know, what is a tampon used for when a woman is having her period? I don't know how, I, don't, I just don't even know how he thought that that was a funny prank. Very dumb. We'll be back. This is... Early
0: in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio. 95.5.
1: Thank you very much. 52 minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover joining us in the next hour. Chuck Malamut, all about your financial matters in the eight o'clock hour. And we'll see if what I heard yesterday, I interviewed someone off the air in between this show and Fox News uh, nationally yesterday and was told that the Fed, basically, uh, because of what's been happening, they're probably going to raise interest rates. Not a quarter of a point, but probably going back to that half point range. We'll see what Chuck has to say in the eight o'clock hour. Doctor Newkirk for thirty minutes in the nine o'clock hour, and then with regrets, our first open forum will be uh, after Doctor Newkirk until Brian Kilmeade. So we'll have from about nine forty one ish to ten o six. But we are going to take one phone call this hour. Jim Fraser joins the program. I'm guessing. Perhaps, because the reason I have to guess is uh, we wrote an article two years ago on the history from 1897 to the present. And a lot of that decades and decades and decades and decades of that was the Fraser family owning and operating the Atlantic City Country Club. So maybe Jim is calling about that because we have updated that, republished it this morning, two years after the fact. That's on the app. It's on the website. But also, perhaps Jim wants to talk about the – I'm I, I'm not embarrassed to say the word tampon, but it, it's – I'm so embarrassed for Tiger. Tiger and the tampon prank. All right, so you called about one of these things, Jim. Which is it? Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Good. Uh, actually, it's actually,
4: actually about Tiger Woods. I haven't had a chance to read the update on the history yet, but I will. Good. Uh, a little later point, yeah. I just was uh, interested in your comments and um and here's my take for what it's worth you know i I don't know Tiger personally, but I certainly know a lot of people who do because that's the area of in Florida where I've spent where he lives, and I think Tiger is socially immature, I think that he's uh uh very awkward socially he associates with the younger guys like. Like like Thomas and Spieth and those guys because he doesn't really have great relationships with somebody. I mean they, he's liked, but he doesn't have great close relationships. Uh, I'm also I've seen where he's and, and listen he, he seems like a great dad and all that, but he's also training his son to do the same thing they do. He, his son does pranks on on some of the uh, older players like Thomas, which are seeming a little inappropriate to me. So the whole thing is you know I don't know how big a deal it should be but it's inappropriate and he's just an immature awkward person socially and i think it's as simple as that it's probably gonna hurt him but uh do you jim do you, it, jim, it,
1: do you think it goes so, go so far as him losing sponsors
4: you know harry i don't that's is a decision i really i really don't I,
1: I, here's I, here's I, what i'm thinking jim if he didn't have, you know, the sexual like insanity that was going on, you know, he says it was a sexual addiction, which does exist. Um, but I don't, I don't know, you know, if he was just, you know, there's, uh, I guess, a fine line between just being unfaithful, being a philanderer, you know, and, and actually having some kind of sexual addiction, like a Michael Duchovny has said and, and Tiger has said, and he allegedly, you know. He says that he does and went into the treatment and all that. If he didn't have that going on and then the, the crash and questions about that, what kind of state was he in at the time? Was he taking anything again? I don't know if he was. I won't say one way or the other because I, you know me. I don't say what I don't know. If he didn't have all that garbage, he could do a kitty prank. And I don't even think anybody would blink an eye. But when you're trying to rehabilitate your image, it's stupid.
4: Yes, and I think he had pretty much rehabilitated his his, his image. Yeah, uh, this is definitely a setback. I mean, it was a stupid prank, and like I said, he just uh, he's he, he, he's awkward. And he, do you think he would do that to a uh, another forty five year old player? I doubt it very much. This was either prank, right? But twenty
1: seven, Justin Thomas. I believe. No, he's twenty nine. Actually, it's not like he's a baby. I was twenty nine, running an entire. Hotel for President Trump with with tens of millions of dollars annual budget. Well, well beyond tens of millions. So I think Michael Johnson nailed this. And you don't hear from him uh, very much. You know, he's just a solid, good guy, amazing uh, four gold medal Olympic champion sprinter. Apology quote starting with if I offended anyone is no apology. But this is Tiger. Never been a leader. And he's so Teflon. Still heralded after all the mistakes, so he's learned nothing. Media focus always on miraculous recovery. Never why the need for recovery. I think that is spot on fair.
4: Well, I do too. I, but I just call to say that he is socially inept and immature. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not
1: saying you're, you're defending him or anything. And you know I'm an enormous Tiger yeah. fan. I'm not a fan of his yeah, behavior. Uh, and he disappoints me here because darn it, you know, when you get away with all this crap, you know, and, and everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, because I, I know women in particular, uh, that actually grab me on the side and say, every time you compliment Tiger Woods, I just can't stand it. You know, there are women that just hate him, uh, for how he behaved. I can't blame them. You know, men shouldn't like it either. And I don't like it, but, uh, we, we might be more forgiving than, than a woman might be about you know what what he did I I sort of just separate the difference between what I appreciate about him and that is, is his relentless you know excellence and pursuit of excellence and and the personal stuff but this was dumb.
4: Uh, well yeah we, we and we all love comebacks he certainly had his had his share and has been accepted so anyway that was my take.
1: And, hey before uh, you go and we're in the final minute Jim. You and I both, it was at one of the early in the Morning Golf Opens, and Tiger was, I don't know if it was, you know, at which stage it was. But it was at one point when he blew up his career and his life and all of that. And we posed the question together, would Tiger ever win a major again? And you and I both said yes, and he did. And we were proven right. I'm going to pose the question right now. We've got 30 seconds. Will Tiger Woods ever win a major again?
4: No, absolutely not. I, absolutely not. I do not believe he
1: will. And I'm going to join you not to be your brother, but I'm going to join you and say no. But you know, you never know. Jack Nicholas pulled one off, what, a 49 or whatever it was, 47? Okay. So you just, you never know. And he did have a, you know, pretty interesting round where he was four under. Jim, to be continued, loved your participation. Thank you, my friend. See, See ya. Thank you, Harry. Thank you.
0: WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground. To the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to
5: congratulate my friend,
0: Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio
1: 95.5. Hi, thank you very much for waking up early in the morning. A pleasure to welcome Kirk Conover to the program. Good morning, Kirk.
6: Good morning, Harry. Hey, Glad hey, hey!
1: To be here. It's uh, it's great to have you, Kirk. I want to open up. This has gotten some attention, but I think it deserves more. Uh, I think some people th- think it looks like a typo, and they think it's Ronald Dow, but it's Raoul D. A. H. L., the publisher of these just incredibly classic children books like um, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, and all these different books uh, written by Dahl. So the publisher, Puffin Books, they're making hundreds of changes of these classic works of children's books to, quote unquote, make them more inclusive. This is disgraceful and this is where this is where we're at, Kirk.
6: Yeah, the the fact that the 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 English language, uh, classic literature, uh, the way, you know, we we. We talk to each other. It's all being uh retroactively modified uh I think to the detriment of our culture and it's It's just not right that you take classic works, <coughs> whether they're children's books or any other kind of book, and rewrite it uh to make some contemporary uh point about something and i I think what's What's, what's positive to me is I think there's going to, I think the pendulum's starting to swing back the other way. When you see, um, lefties like Bill Maher, uh, criticizing, you know, the woke, uh, people and, and so forth, I think the pendulum's swinging back. But the more this happens, you, you see, it's a diminution of our culture, our, our, uh, you know, uh, our language and and the way we speak. So it's just making everything mediocre instead of making everything excellent.
1: See, I want to agree uh, with you, Kirk, that, that we're turning the corner and, and sort of going back the other way, but I don't think so. Uh, because, you know, every time we seem to take a step forward, we take at least two or three backward because you have this particular issue, uh, and what I encourage people to do, I remember years ago, there was this big movement, this threat uh, to just eliminate, get rid of, destroy, gone with the wind. So I made sure I bought a beautiful, original, the best version that I could get in terms of condition and so on, because if they just get away – if you rely on, for example, to be able to get it digitally and watch it at home by just speaking into your X1 platform Xfinity uh, you know, equipment and, and say on with the Wind, it may be some sanitized version that's, that's a half hour shorter or who knows what with what they decide to take out of it. And I would urge people with books as well, the books you really love, go get them. Who, who was it? Was it Dr. Seuss books that they were also – editing and and doing different things and then the price of them went through the roof because they're discontinuing them and so on you better get what you want out there while you can get it because this i'm i'm afraid kirk we're not improving in this area and that actually it's getting worse
6: well you're right in the sense that there's more and more of these incidents you know like editing these these children's books but i think that that makes the message uh, clear to the clear-thinking people of, of our society that uh, it's ridiculous, it's got to change. And they're trying to sanitize history in a lot of ways. And when you uh, sanitize history, <laughs> you remove a lot of benchmarks that uh, people come uh, to appreciate. In other words, you know, making Lincoln some kind of a bad guy. Uh, these, yeah. these you got to take history, the good and the bad, and learn from it. And that, when you try to sanitize it and make it, you know, inoffensive or whatever, you're really taking away all the teaching points that, uh, a, a true study of history gives you. And that is a dangerous thing because, yes. you know, if you forget history, you're, you're bound to repeat it. So.
1: Kirk, I um, covered an issue very thoroughly yesterday, and I have many regrets from my coverage. I had a up in aisle six. I had to take care of opening the show. As you know, the president in the very – I know you're an early riser. Um, I'm not sure if you were awake in the 4 o'clock hour or right at 5 when all this was made public, that the president was in Ukraine, that it was a complete secret. Nobody knew, uh, but then I, I felt completely – Just betrayed because I find out a little bit after I got off the air last night that Biden tipped off Russia well in advance. Uh, They say he only decided on Friday, but Russia knew about this even before then. I'm going to get into that timeline. The fact is Russia knew that President Biden was coming. Doesn't that change everything? I mean, all these things I said yesterday, commending him, how brave it is. You know, uh, they were writing all these stories, uh, particularly the Democrats, presidents, trip took guts, walks in war zone, unprecedented risks, historic, timely, brave. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. But if you tell the bad guys that are sort of kind of, you know, uh, Someone you can talk to uh, on the side, even when you talk tough in public and say, look, you know, basically don't drop any bombs, you know, between because uh, they're seven hours later this time and this time, you know, because I'm going to be there. Uh, that takes a lot of the luster off of this for me, Kirk. Does it for you?
6: Uh, oh, yeah. And, you know, it was, what was very interesting. Was- by
1: the, By the way, I got to say this. Because I know he didn't like it. He didn't tell me he didn't like it. But Don, uh, my twin brother, put out something. He's not giving credit to the guy that started the war. You know, I did say this even on Fox News. I said, look, I know, I understand people are taking the position. It's like the arsonist that then poses as the fireman and wants credit for being a hero, for putting out the fire that he started. So Don's position is I'm not giving him any credit because he started the damn thing. He's right about that. But I tried... I tried to do what the other side won't do. I tried. Even though I know this guy is a liar and a plagiarist and duplicitous and I should have my best, you know, senses should have told me that nothing with Joe Biden is as it seems. And I wish I would have known that he tipped off Russia in advance because I still would have done a nice commentary Kirk, you know me. I give credit where credits due. I would have said, "Hey, it's a good thing. He's there." He's, you know, uh, offering more aid, even though obviously you got the mayor of East Palestine going bananas over the fact that Ukraine has been given hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars and just given another half a billion dollars while they're in, in a world of hurt. So he's flipping out on Biden right now. But I wish I would have had the full story. But with Joe Biden, you never get the truth.
6: Yeah. Well what was very interesting yesterday was uh we were getting ready to you know go play around of golf and I kept getting these news alerts that uh you know Biden's over there and he's brave and this is unprecedented, this and that and the other thing and and then about uh about eight thirty I got a, a news alert from this the website Liberty Daily that said that they had tipped off Russia. And I took it with a little bit of a grain of salt because a lot of those you know, articles on that website are very, uh, how should I say, provocative and at the top.
1: Do me a favor, because it would have been so helpful to me. Uh, and I'm just curious now, after the fact, what time of the day did you see that?
6: Uh, I saw it around 10 o'clock. In the morning? just before we teed off, yes.
1: Mm, boy, I wish I would have known that. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, you should have called me or anything. I just wish I would have known that. I found out in the afternoon, and I, I couldn't do anything with it at that point. I, I, I have all these interviews coming up. I, I was show prepping like mad, and I just couldn't process it all. So after I got done, I decided I would go. I don't know if you heard my opening monologue, but I decided I'm only going to go to Democrat sources, Because if you go to a conservative source, it's just completely discounted. So of all things, I go to AOL, which is as liberal as it gets. And the Associated Press had an article that on paragraph five of their story titled sneaking a president from D.C. to Kiev without anyone noticing. Paragraph five says, but Russia knew what the Ukrainian public did not. U.S. officials had given Moscow notice of Biden's trip that I would have loved to have known that at the time that I was giving this glowing praise. I still would have been decent about it, but that changes a lot with me, Kirk. Yeah. And and,
6: uh, Nancy and I were Talking about you know how the, the mainstream media is going to play up uh, you know what a brave thing this is and what a great thing we're reading these articles that are saying just that, and we looked at each other and we thought uh, you know how in the world is Secret Service and the U.S. military just going to let him just fly in there, you know unannounced? It it didn't make sense in the sense that you had to.
1: It's Kirk, it seems so extraordinary to me that I took the position that I did. And my better senses should have overwhelmed, you know, what we were hearing and seeing. Uh, The the truth is they didn't suspend everything. Don Hurley is telling me and he says it's absolutely proven. I I trust Don, but, you know, I, I want him to send me, you know, where he's getting this from. He says even the siren that blared out during the visit was staged, that there was no bombing and that that was fake. If that's true, then we're dealing with an absolute just scoundrel.
6: I I read that same thing this morning.
1: (laughs) That the siren was fake? Where did did you read it?
6: Uh, Again, it was an article in the Liberty Daily. Okay. Which, like I said, is like a... An ultra conservative drudge report, um, but a lot of times their articles are over the top. So you don't know um, whether you know to, to believe it or it's someone's opinion or or what. So I uh, yeah.
1: What do you think of this yeah. optic where Biden is in Ukraine now? He's at the presidential palace in Poland. You know, I'm all for look. I no, I've been bullish. We our charity has helped out with ukraine uh humanitarian relief um, i'm big supporter of you know defeating russia and all of that but we've got all these people that are hurting very bad you know some some people are telling them we well, just move like you get like you could just move where do you move to you know i mean it, they're just unbelievable it was over two weeks before fema got there how do we do this kirk like this
6: well, it just shows the incompetence of the Secretary of Transportation, the incompetence of the Biden administration altogether. I mean, you, this is the equivalent of uh, uh, a natural disaster like a tornado, uh, like a big hurricane. I mean, your president has got to be on the ground in situations like this. Uh, and it's like a slow rolling environmental disaster. And for the federal government not to have resources there right away, it's disgraceful. Shows the incompetence and shows why the Biden administration is um, probably the worst presidency of all time.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, It's just terrible. Hold on, Kirk. Don't go away. It's 20 minutes past the hour. We've got to go to break a little bit late, but we'll catch up right now. Tom Foley wrote me something precious. Siren goes off as soon as Biden walks outside. Come on, man. I say BS. Full nine. I say you're right. Here's Sean Hannity. Kirk and I shall return.
0: Your morning espresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity
7: Morning Minute.
8: Two-thirds of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. The average American household is paying $10,000 in Biden inflation tax. Gas prices are up 46%. Real wage growth is down. Heating and electric bills now at a 25-year high. Credit card debt is at an all-time record, a 15% jump in the third quarter. That's the highest in over two decades. America's trade deficit, the highest on record. GDP growth is down. Mortgage rates last week were at about 7% for a 30-year fixed. Uh, when he took office, it was only 2.7% americans are now paying more taxes than ever and the question remains are you better off now than you were two years ago
0: the sean hannity show from coast to coast later today
8: i want to remind you about something that you wouldn't think could happen but it can and it's people can steal your home my friend had his home stolen The crime is home title theft. It's real. It's horrendous, but it's real, and it's everywhere. Now, luckily, this was just a demo, but I saw how criminals all around the world target American homeowners, and that's why I protect my home with home title lock, and you need to as well. And a thief can simply forge your signature on a legal document claiming you sold your home to them. Homeowners' insurance and common identity theft programs do not protect you, But Home Title Lock does. They want to give you an absolutely free, no obligation uh, verification that your home is still in your name. You register for 30 days of protection for free. Just go to HomeTitleLock.com, promo code SEAN, an absolutely free, no obligation. That's HomeTitleLock.com, promo code SEAN. Motor. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at three. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Thank you. Welcome back to the program. Hurley in the Morning with Kirk Conover, Chuck Malamut about 40 minutes away. Dr. Newkirk for 30 minutes in the nine o'clock hour. And then we will get to some open forum at 609-407-1450. Kirk, I opened up, uh, I guess it was the second item that I did. In my opening monologue, an hour, probably an hour and 20 minutes ago, uh, and that is that in the uh, annual President's Day holiday survey that's done every year, President Trump came out. I think you will be uniquely qualified to analyze this. President Trump came out to be the best president of the past 30 years and the worst president of the past 30 years. Explain that.
6: I guess it depends on who you ask,
1: right <laughs> uh. honestly it seemed, it it wasn't registered voters, so I'm always um leery of that and as you know, I prefer likely voters to registered voters. It was persons, but it seemed plausible to me. the demographics were pretty good in terms of breakdown of Republicans, Democrats, independents. so President Trump both wins the day, but you know there are so many Democrats that they have just visceral hatred for him, that they vote for him as the worst. And when you cume out five people from Biden to Bill Clinton and those in between, it's easy to do the math and figure out how he would be first and also be worst. And that's how it came out.
6: Well, my vote goes, you know, he's the best in the last 30 years because look what. We accomplished energy independence, uh, strong national defense, strong foreign policy, America first policies, uh, economic prosperity with low inflation. Uh, from the moment he was it was clear that he won the election, the stock market basically took off like a rocket. It, it doubled uh, during his his term. And all that adds up to um, he made. America um, feel good, excellent about itself, and you create the prosperity that people deserve. And that is so important because, you know, you've talked about, you know, how, how time flies. Well, you only have one life to live. And if your government is basically um, screwing, screwing up the economy, you know, that's opportunity lost. And how can you make it up? I mean, people are looking at their 401ks cut in half. Uh, they're looking at a persistent inflation that's just eating away at them. They're looking at high interest rates, which uh, impedes their ability to buy a car, buy a house. So, yeah, there's no question in my mind um, you could make a case for... You know, Bill Clinton, you know, he presided over some prosperity, but he also, uh, you know, that prosperity was driven by a, a Internet bubble, and he cooperated with the Republicans. And with Biden, I think he's the worst of all time. You don't see any cooperation. You don't see any outreach. You don't see any compromise whatsoever. He's locked into this left-wing socialist agenda, uh, basically guided by the, the climate call. Yeah.
1: In the survey, Kirk, Biden was close. Uh, it was Trump 41% worst president of the last 30 years. Biden was second worst at 39%. But clearly if you are dispassionate about this, ladies and gentlemen, Biden, I, I believe Biden is the worst president in American history He's certainly the worst president in modern history. And just look at the um, look at the record from Afghanistan to inflation to everything that's been going on, uh, high energy, so on and so forth. It's been a terrible couple of years. Dour.
6: Yeah. And, and it's basically weakened the country to the point where uh, a dictator like Putin uh, can take a chance because he knows that uh, this is a feckless, weak uh, president. And uh, I, I just they had a live shot on uh, Fox Business of him in Poland. And the, the Polish president has a pleasant look on his face. And Biden-,
1: and, and Biden, I have it on here in my studio, Kirk. And I'm also talking to friends of mine uh, live during uh, this segment. And I agree. He, he looks like the guy... From uh, uh, the Muppets, he looks like that angry man who's nailed to the seat up in the balcony. Uh, It's unbelievable. He looks terrible. Terrible. Kirk, we'll be right back. Please don't go away. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley with Kirk Conover with three stories that you can follow on the app. We missed a few, so we came back. More of the best atlantic city area restaurants check it out on the app and on the wpg talk radio 95.5 website the history of the atlantic city country club it is amazing it is rich from 1897 to the present check it out and the atlantic city public schools text message has been read by so many people because they sent out that you're off on presence day
3: From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Temperatures this morning once again on the mild side, way above freezing in the 40s, and we'll aim for 56 today. Morning showers wrap up, another round of showers, and potential thunderstorms starting in the middle of the afternoon, otherwise mostly to partly cloudy today. Drying out, clearing skies tonight, low 34, 44 tomorrow. Early sun gives way to clouds, then another batch of rain tomorrow midday, afternoon, early evening. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today.
0: WPG Talk Radio 95.5. The first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio
1: 95.5. Thank you. 37 minutes past the hour with Kirk Conover. Chuck Malamut less than a half hour away. And a big, big episode of the Malamut program today because there's a lot happening. I haven't checked lately, and I have Fox News Channel on muted. Kirk has Fox Business Channel on uh, earlier, I saw the uh, futures were down a few hundred. I'm not sure how that that was hours ago, probably three hours ago, four hours ago. Um, anyhow, we brought up the Tiger Woods uh, not funny tampon prank. This was another item I meant to to get in earlier in the week, uh, which I guess would mean yesterday. Keep in mind, I've already done three shows and. And it's only uh, it's only Tuesday. So it feels like Wednesday. I told Margie by the end of today, it's going to feel like the end of Thursday because we will have done four shows. But anyhow, so I meant to get this in yesterday. And just ran out of time. I didn't know what to make of this. Uh, I like Tiger Woods. I don't like his behavior, but I like him as a golfer uh, and. So I'm watching, you know, some of this coverage that I usually wouldn't be watching, this of the Genesis invitational. And a lot of great golf. John Rahm was, was great and won. He's back to number one in the world. But Jim Nance, who I think is a great announcer, hello, friends. Uh I think he's great. But this is just bizarre, Kirk. And I, I don't know if you picked up on this, if you were watching or if you heard it later. But while John Rahm was on a birdie stretch on Sunday, Nance said, and I quote, to quote a Steven Spielberg movie that came out last year, Catch Me If You Can. Now, I'm a fan of that movie, Kirk. Catch Me If You Can, starring Leonardo DiCaprio as Frank Abagnale and Tom Hanks, was released in 20." 2002, Kirk. It was 21 years ago, not last year. And uh, for the record, we interviewed the real Frank Abagnale on this program. And it was fascinating going into how he was able to kite checks and change the uh, routing numbers and things. Amazing what he was able to pull off. Um, Really just illegally collecting millions uh, with his schemes. But you always wonder, like, like I get things wrong, and I laugh about it, but how could Jim Nance think the movie Catch Me If You Can was last year? <laughs> That's crazy.
6: Yeah, I mean, that, that was a great movie, but I knew it was a long time ago, basically.
1: And, yeah. and the truth is, Kirk, if you, if you got me one day and you said, hey, what year... Did the movie catch me when you can come out? I don't know for sure that I would have said 20 or 21 years ago, but I know it was many years ago. It was it was a whole a whole lot of years ago. But oh, well, these are the uh, the crazy things. Kirk, something that I think is um, pretty serious, because if we're going to continue to play by these rules and follow treaties and the other side isn't going to, then they're not worth the paper they're written on. Russia is suspending, they've announced in this um, lengthy speech that Vlad the Impaler Putin is is reading today, that Russia is suspending its participation in the START nuclear treaty. Is that a big deal?
6: That is a big deal. Uh, It basically is a statement that Russia is um, going to continue to build Uh, nuclear warheads and 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 launchers and uh, the heck with the rest of the world and the heck with us and we should probably take the opportunity to bolster our nuclear forces Uh, it's just another indication that there is no respect for uh, this administration it was just a uh, texas congressman on that's on one of the, the uh, Republican oversight committees, and he was saying that uh, you know we're, we're secretly sending money to Iran and funneling oil into our country uh, in some clandestine way. So it's it's across the board. You know, China is showing no respect. Russia sh- showing no respect. I also saw a report that uh, some in, in intelligence former intelligence uh agent said that the uh, russia's nuclear weapons are inoperable because they haven't maintained them correctly so this is all uh, very interesting
1: yeah that doesn't I mean, maybe, inspire that does yeah. not inspire confidence kirk
6: no no it's uh dangerous times and it doesn't have to be that way if uh you know president trump were still in there i don't think any of this would be going on
1: well it wouldn't be because afghanistan would have been handled properly uh that would mean that um russia would not have invaded ukraine with trump as american president and and yeah it's true and i don't think we would have runaway inflation i don't think we would have all this stuff that's going on it it just shows as we've been saying for 31 years elections have consequences I want to get your take on Don Lemon. I, I, I almost think it's a waste of time to talk about these goofballs. Uh, I haven't put CNN on my television. I it, It's decades. I couldn't even tell you the last time. But there's this uh, lame morning show that I don't even know who these three people are, barely. Don Lemon I know of. Poppy Harlow, I sort of know the name. Caitlin Collins, I don't even know who that is. But they do a morning show on CNN. And as you know, uh, Don Lemon, or as my friend Tucker Carlson would say, Don LeMond, uh decided to say that Nikki Haley is past her prime. Now, she's 51 years old, as you know, Kirk. And then Lemon goes on to say that a woman is in their prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. Go Google it, he says. So he's got this Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins going bananas on him. Like when he said that she's past her prime, I love the one response. I don't know which one of the, the ladies on the panel said it, but she said. "Past her prime for what? Like, what's he talking about? And he's 56. Nikki Haley's five years younger than he is. We have a president 30 years older than Nikki Haley. And Don Lamont has never brought up that he's passed his prime, what a jerk, what a a dope, what a stupid thing to do. So he hasn't been back on the show since. Now the Daily Mail in the United Kingdom is reporting that female CNN staff members are threatening to quit if Don Lemon is not fired. What's your take on this?
6: Well, he should be fired. I mean, the only time I've ever seen uh, anything about CNN or or Don Lemon is Uh, if... One of the Fox News hosts plays a clip ridiculing him, you know, so it's, he's totally, uh, uh, devoid of any intellectual depth. Uh, and I don't know how he even has a job, uh, to begin with, but yeah, what he said was absolutely insane. I mean, who, who is he to
1: define when people are
6: in their prime? My
1: gosh. I really believe somebody that's 50-ish has had time to really achieve a record of accomplishment and is still young and vital and vibrant, but now with a lot of experience potentially. It's, it's, it's a really, I think, fantastic age to be seeking national office. I mean, to say that someone is out of their prime at 51, I mean, look at Trump at 75, sharp as attack. You know, you don't have to like him, uh, but you probably liked his policies because it was a whole lot better than what we have now. And Democrats go crazy. They have to um, conflate and change the subject when you say that. But, 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 and they go crazy about things that are completely unrelated. Uh, But there's no denying that the Trump policies, Trumponomics, if you want to call it, uh, worked in every measurable way. From energy prices to wages to the buying power of your paycheck, I mean the American people under Joe Biden have probably had, and I'm talking about somebody that might make fifty thousand dollars a year, probably had a ten thousand dollar a year pay cut in terms of actual buying power. It's it's a it is a it, he he's, it's a tragedy. It's a Shakespearean tragedy. This presidency, it's that bad. We'll be back with Kirk Conover. Don't go away. Had a um just a fun thought uh don hurley is writing memes during the uh this hour and it it doesn't say this he does have one that says he was there to collect 10 percent but joe biden while he's there in ukraine he's not now he's in poland he's in warsaw poland at the presidential palace the royal palace but um he could have he could have asked you know for hunter's envelope but then again I think that's all direct deposited so no need no need for the big guy to have to take payment while he's there just a, just a just a rambling random thought
8: Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry
1: Hurley on WPG Talk
9: Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you.
1: Great one. It is 53 minutes past the hour. Let's switch gears, uh, Kirk, because a lot of this is just very depressing and uh, just upsetting. Lance, a great guest listener of the program, wrote in, If you have time, ask Kirk if he likes the 2023 Phillies Chances. And who should that lead off?
6: Uh, I like their chances. Uh, They've proven, you know, they proved last year that uh, it really is a team effort to uh, get to the World Series. You know, Steve Kellen with the Mets can be up there spending all kinds of money, but Hmm. uh, it didn't pay off last year because the team was a little disjointed. I think Trey Turner should lead off. He's, he's a, a great hitter, and he's um, a great base runner. So that, that to me, is the combo. So <laughs> it's interesting to have Kyle Schwarber lead off because there is a theory in baseball that you want to get your power hitters as many at-bats as possible, and the only way to do that is have power hitters in your first uh, three
1: slots. Did, well, uh, I because I'm not aware, because I like the Phillies, but obviously I'm a Yankees fan, a first Phillies fan, a distant second. I did love the playoff run. I liked a lot of the chemistry. I like Captain Caveman out there in center field. You know, I liked a lot of it. I thought the manager was great. Um, but did they get better during the off season?
6: Well, I, I think they did. uh the only the only hole they have is, you know, Harper's gonna be on the shelf for a while. Yes. I think they uh shored up the pitching, which you know, they basically are doing the strategy they're overwhelming uh the pitching situation by acquiring so many pitchers that uh something's gotta stick. So I, I think they did. I think they and Trey is a big improvement. Big improvement.
1: Now oh, I'm talking important. Phillies. Now I'm going to ask you to talk Yankees for a second. When you have a year like Aaron Judge had near triple crown, set the record for all time American home run hitters, single season, beat Maris, beat the babe. Now he has this uh, career, you know, contract. He's the captain of the Yankees. Uh, what would you expect from Aaron Judge after all of that?
6: Well, I think he's a guy that uh, is probably only going to get better. The problem he faces uh, in the upcoming season is there's going to be a tendency to you know, pitch around them,
1: Like what they did with Barry Bonds, right? Yeah, yeah. But look at the numbers. Even with all the walks, look at the numbers that Bonds, and I know he was juiced up, but look at the numbers he put up anyhow. They, they did something, and I know you know this, Kirk, but for those that either never heard this or forgot about it, uh, it I find it remarkable. This happened more than once. Barry Bonds was walked with the bases loaded. They, they decided giving up a run rather than the punishment he was going to inflict. So they would give him an RBI because if you walk, you get an RBI. They would take the one run. I don't know when I've ever heard of that being done.
6: No, that's uh, very unique to his career. And I have another little anecdote. He was helping uh, the Giants in spring training. Uh, I don't know. It was probably two spring trainings ago. Um, it was probably pre-pandemic. It was probably like 2019. Okay. And he was coaching the hitters and you know, they were all kidding around, and, you know, one one of the veteran guys was saying, hey, you know, you lost a lot of weight, you know, and you think you can still hit one out, you know. He steps in there, and the first pitch they throw to him, he hit like a 450-foot home
1: run. <laughs> That's why it's a shame he never needed the juice. He never needed it, and for those who say he didn't take it, I think he says he didn't, but his head got bigger, his feet got bigger. This is as an adult, and he had a full-blown Hall of Fame career, more than 500 home runs prior to any of those allegations. It's such a shame, Kirk. He didn't need it.
6: Well, he didn't, but, uh, you know... And you know they're holding it against Roger Clemens. Uh, You know he he didn't need it either.
1: I know, and and he had a full fledged uh, Hall of Fame career prior to any allegations. And I guess they're never getting in unless the Veterans Committee—they have a new name for it—but unless that committee puts them in, Uh, and at some point they should. I mean, you know, come on already. These are Hall of Famers. And I I think,
6: yeah, I think it's important to note too that uh, there's no question. Uh, Aaron Judge did what accomplished what he did last year without any any juice.
1: Yes. I mean, By the was, way, I say there's no question, and you say there's that. no question, but I did read people that would say, oh, he's got to be juiced up. No, he's just a very big man, and he's a very good hitter. Now, I agree with you. He did that natural.
6: Yeah. Well, with all the testing they have now, I mean, guys would be insane to try any 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 but they all get caught yeah i mean how many guys over the last year have served that like 82 game suspension or whatever i mean everybody that tries to skirt the system with performance enhancing drugs
1: gets caught yeah which is a good thing kirk we did it we got to the finish line uh without repeating a single thing uh always great to visit with you and have a wonderful day
6: Thanks, Harry. Always a pleasure to be on your program. My honor, Assemblyman. Good afternoon to
1: you. Oh, thank you. Thank (laughs) you, Gary. Appreciate that. His reference to the fact we'll be hosting today, 3 to 6 p.m., for Fox News Radio. wenjhd
0: 3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my
2: friend, Harry Hurley.
0: You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Thank you. Welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut is here. He'll talk all about your financial matters the following program is presented by chuck malamut a financial advisor at morgan stanley the information views and opinions expressed are those of chuck malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of morgan stanley or its affiliates they are current as of the date of this broadcast and are subject to change without notice neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley, Smith Barney, member, SIPC, Chuck Malamut. Good morning, Harry. Top of the morning. Now this was off the air, but I think you know we're a family, you and me and all of our listeners. So I think I should bring this into play because it was a it was a really good belly laugh, like a Chris Kringle belly laugh. I don't have a lot of irritants right now, but I got a little agitation that I was working off and Kirk made me laugh, which has put me in a, just a wonderful mood. Uh, when he said, as you walked in, Hey, is that Chuck? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Kirk. Uh, is Chuck team shopping today? <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious.
9: Well, I think we ought to step it back here because as I walked in, I know you were talking to Kirk and I showed you my... Dodger blue tie. So anyway, um, Kirk, I'm not team shopping. I'll let you know. You know, I have a West Coast team. I have an East Coast team. And we'll we'll just leave it at that. How's that sound? Okay?
1: You got... you got. I'm not surprised. You can't,
9: can't, can't watch baseball 24-7. You but have
1: a hedge. I'm not surprised.
9: I, I guess I could travel to the Midwest and I could have a Midwest team, too. This is but, true. Uh, <laughs> <but> Mark, <laughs> market update. <laughs> so, Harry... Um, I hope you had a nice nice weekend. I heard you yesterday. Naturally. Well, we did have a
1: great weekend because part of it, I, I count Friday as part of my weekend. And Margie and I, and this went into Saturday, we had a great time at Resorts Casino Hotel.
9: Oh, I did hear at that, At the yes. inaugural mm-hmm. Ronald
1: Reagan dinner. And then we stayed overnight, and we just had a wonderful time at Resorts.
9: Good for you. So, well, the, the, the good news about equities last week, we'll kind of... Segue right into that. They were they were pretty much unchanged uh, on the week, in, in, investors at the time were you know raising their forecast with um, you know with respect to these policy rates that we'll talk about a little bit. That that being that being the Fed. So the the Dow, S and P, uh, were flat, marginally down. Nasdaq was up. Actually, almost uh, three quarters of one percent for the week, Harry. So, going in today, going into today, the Dow um, lags. The the index is up two point three percent year to date. The S <clears throat> P is up six and a half, and the Nasdaq is the is the clear winner here. Harry up twelve point eight percent. And as we talked about last week, and maybe even the week before, uh, the top three sectors within the S and uh, P, year to date, happen to be consumer discretionary, communication services, and and technology up anywhere from twelve to sixteen percent. And on the flip side, you know the winners from last year are now you know on the on the on the losing side of the ledger. Um, healthcare, utilities, and energy down anywhere from three to four percent year to date. I mean, you is see- energy
1: a pure supply and demand issue? No, I, I think it's I because it is coming. I think, down. I think
9: you have production now, and I think you know that you know the number of rigs and uh, is up pretty substantially from a year ago. So I think you get a little more production. But remember, you know there was a discussion about China coming on coming online and and how that would impact the price, uh, the price of crude, and you know the price of crude right now, Harry, in the mid mid to high seventies. I uh, think about it, we were significantly higher. You know, not too long ago. So you did, a, you did basically a round trip uh, with that commodity in, in the course of a year. You know, you think about it, you're, you're at this level then you move up almost double. You move it back down. So, you know, the commodities have come down or the price at the pump has come down. Oil energy has come down. Uh, you would think, and we'll get into this a little bit, Harry, with respect, to, with respect to CPI, there's a lot of other stickiness out there that is not bringing down CPI as much as, as we would like to. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of discussion about the consumer. You're seeing it front and center today. Walmart, Home Depot, both reported, you know, both in that discretionary space, Harry, uh, down. Those stocks are down 3 to 4%. Uh, Home Depot, you know, had a miss, and they forecasted, you know, going into the year, it's going to could be could be a little murky. Walmart did did have a beat on the top and bottom line. However, their forward looking mm-hmm. st- their guidance, saying, well, you know, what is happening right now, people are trading down, you know, in what they're buying, they're not necessarily mm-hmm. buying what they want to buy, they're buying what they have to buy. There you go. And then last but not least. You know, the credit card spend, you know, you you, you you pay for it with your credit card or you charge on your credit card and then maybe you'll pay for it in a month or six weeks. So- I
1: believe in the very near future on your show one Tuesday morning soon. I don't know to what extent this spend will keep moving the needle, but this is getting very close to a trillion dollars in credit card debt. That's a we, we
9: we are at the highest levels we've seen pretty much in a lifetime. Yeah, and and I, I think what will happen is we're going to end up paying for it.
1: Last time I looked, it was like nine point eight six. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like right there, nine hundred eighty six billion. It's right there uh, to a trillion.
9: It's up there, Harry. There's no doubt about it. And I think I think it's you know uh we, we maybe we do have we're going to have some earnings issues as we get into uh, the latter part of this year, mm. for sure.
1: Chuck, I'm going to make a management decision because I am your host. I'm your co-host. We're going to take the first break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk about all these other important items, inflation, um, all other kind of data points and things. With Chuck Malamut, a reminder for all of your financial needs, planning needs, turn to Chuck and his team, the Malamut Group. Chuck is the managing director, 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010 609-383-2010 is the phone number. We're at 14 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program with Chuck Malamut. This is Hurley in the Morning,
0: WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Markley, Van Camp and Robbins this afternoon at one. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Thank you so much. We are back. It's 18 minutes past the hour. We continue with Chuck Malama talking all about your financial matters. Chuck, in terms of United States inflation. I wish we had good news. I don't think we do.
9: Well, Harry, so if you look at US inflation, we are making some progress, but it's you know, it's now a lot slower than all of us had, had anticipated. If you look at consumer prices and producer prices in our country, they did moderate uh, less than expected during the month of January. We actually reported on this when we were together last week. CPI rose six point four percent from a year ago, uh, down slightly from the December six point five percent pace, uh, and and was up. Uh, one-half of 1% from the month before. Core CPI also exceeded expectations, Harry. It was uh, up 5.6% from a year ago. And again, same story, PPI increased more than expected. It was uh, it increased by 5.4% in January uh, while gaining seven-tenths of 1% during the month of December. So while the price growth has continued to slow somewhat, the pace... Of improvement is is you know moving very very slow harry uh core services remain elevated i mean you guys talked about it i guess last week and maybe even again today you know the 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 price of cars is coming down used cars is coming down but you know the price at at the grocery stores you know just are elevated i mean the price the price of eggs now it's just totally insane uh so the data that we saw last week is going to keep the Fed on a real tight path in the in the months looking ahead. So Harry, we're expecting rate hikes in March. Oh, boy. We're expecting rate hikes in May. But they're, we thought they're they're fully priced in. Those but, are
1: priced into the market right now. But are they priced in at 50 basis point increases? But here's what's
9: happening. So there the, the, there's now the odds of a June hike. So what what happened was before CPI and PPI was announced last week. There's now a 20% chance, Harry, of a 50 basis points hike from the Fed in March after several Fed officials you know, met, you know spoke last week and made the case for more aggressive rate hikes. So it looks like we have another 25 basis points to contend with than we had initially anticipated.
1: Right, and what we were hoping in previous Malamon episodes when the Fed put in a 25 basis point increase, that sort of seemed like perhaps they were tapering and we were heading towards no more increases in a relatively short period of time. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the language that came out a few days back say that the 25 basis points wasn't enough going well, forward? That's,
9: yeah, I mean, they, they prior to last Tuesday, that was the, the path we were on was 25 basis points. And now maybe the March meeting it's going to be at look, least 50. Things might look a little bit different, and you saw that Harry last week in in the in the repricing of the bond market. I mean, rates moved up fairly substantially. So, you know, the other scenario is we talked about you know a soft landing. We talked about a hard landing. We talked about a recession. Are we going to get there? So, so now you know the, the question is: after months and months of this debate, whether we're going to face in this country a hard or soft landing. Now the debate has moved to whether the economy is going to land at all. Oh jeez! All right, you know, but but no, but 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 that's that's actually that's actually not so bad. A string of stronger than expected data points signaled that our economy is resilient. But that you know that was maybe before this morning, Harry.
1: What does no landing mean? Because no, for no, example, as is, as oh,
9: is, as oh, is, status quo. Yes, as is. I see. But but now, So that is, would
1: not be a soft landing nor a hard landing. It would be you know, status quo. January retail sales were, were up
9: 3%. It reversed the decline, and we saw in December 1.1. 1. 1. I'm curious to see the market, obviously, is off this morning pre-market as a result of, as, as I mentioned before, Home Depot and, and Walmart. Uh, you know, the, the January employment report plus, plus 500,000, and i, I
1: 517,000,
9: I, I'll, 000 I'll be, never forget. To, to be exact, and I, I kind of looked that you. I waved my we, hand at Chuck
1: when he said when we that. We
9: chatted about that, and I think your comment was, "Well, that can't be real, or maybe they're cooking the books, and something's not right." But something doesn't seem to be right there. So, so maybe there's some fear. It's you know the other thing could be happening. What we're witnessing right now is maybe we are postponing the uh, the downturn, you know, until
1: 2024. Uh, wow, and I, and I, and I guess. That would be very bumpy to try to keep something like this going artificially for two more years. Oh, my gosh. That would make a whole four years of just. And where's that put us in the election cycle? Well, it puts us in for all the marbles. All 535 House seats will be up. Or I should say not all 535, all 435 in the House, 35 in the Senate and obviously president. So so. I hear you on that, though. That that would be an attempt to try to manage this thing to make it appear that it's not as bad as it is. But look, I I mean, I know there's a story for everything right now. You could buy two filet mignons for less than it costs for a dozen eggs. And I'm talking four or five ounce filet triple trimmed. I mean, it's it's crazy what's going on. I don't know. This country will not accept these high prices and all this runaway inflation and everything that's going on for two more years.
9: So what's the solution?
1: Well, I always say elections uh, have to be determinative. And, you know, there's not much you can do. The the House has the ability to, um, you know, all spending measures originate there. But the administration still manages the day to day. And we have what we have.
9: We have what we have. That's absolutely correct.
1: How about we have time. We have five minutes before the bottom of the hour. You're very efficient, Mr. Malamud. Europe, what's happening?
9: So the, the good news is, with respect to Europe, Harry, uh, they're proving to be pretty resilient at this point in time as well. As you remember, we're getting it's hard to believe we are almost at the end of winter.
1: I know. Uh, we, we almost have, have not had winter. We have had a couple. i so
9: happy. Cold, cold days. I looked at the forecast. Looks like Saturday might be a little chilly, but Thursday is going to be close to 70. on the shoulder Did you see you that? Know, I did. On you know the, the days before and after Saturday, yeah. looks like we got again we have some pretty nice weather. But
1: I went all the way long term through March 6th. There's no snow in the forecast. And then we're going to be a week into March.
9: But remember all the hysteria as we as we got you know pre winter, especially yeah. in Europe. You know, yeah. you, you you couldn't get natural gas. You you know you couldn't get oil. So uh, we
1: were fortunate from that standpoint. We were. That it so was a the, mild
9: winter. The natural gas inventories held up very well, Harry, above historical averages in Europe, and and as a result of that, their economy you know their growth continues mm-hmm. to increase here. Uh, last week the European Commission upgraded its eurozone GDP forecast to 0.9% Harry in 2023 again, avoiding a recession that it earlier had forecast. Um, they said that inflation peaked at 10.6 percent and uh, it's going to subside to about five and a half percent this year and two and a half percent you know in 2024. Why are they so resilient? Don't know, Harry. Um, you know, the, the EC did say that the, the risks to their outlook are, are now more balanced, which is good. Demand may prove more robust if the declining wholesale gas prices we just kind of chatted about through, you know, end up feeding through to the consumer prices and consumption, uh, you know, remains somewhat resilient. So, uh, so you know, we, we had all counted out Europe uh, in, in the beginning of the winter and I think if you look at their markets and if you look at the international markets versus versus domestic here in the U.S., they have they have had uh, a better rates of return or higher rates of return than what we're seeing here domestically in our in our country right now.
1: Very interesting. Chuck Malama continues talking all about your financial matters. I guess this is good news, but I never know anymore because sometimes what you think is good news is bad news. But home builders sentiment index has bounced back that that's good news right
9: it is harry so so what we're seeing here uh the the national association of home builders sentiment index moved back bounced back in february uh it, it was 35 it's now moved back to 42 good so that's that is really good news and so new homes are being built? New homes are being built. Now, on the, on the flip side, you know, kind of go back over what's happening out outside of our our world. In, in January, new home prices in China increased for the first time in over a year. Wow. In over a year. So, you know, I think we kind of talked about this last week or the week before. There's just so many cross currents right now with respect, you know, to the markets. And if you think you can time this Uh, you know i would i would think you might want to step to this to the sidelines here because chances are you're going to probably get whipsawed
1: yeah i like your doctrine of you can't time the market it's about spending time in the market and when you go over these um realities that you share over a, a long period of time and show how during the course of one year or many years how few days actually so dramatically affect if you were not participating, for example, on a handful of days, how dramatic that would be to your portfolio.
9: Absolutely. You're absolutely correct about that. So that's
1: big. Chuck continues, uh, our debt limit, you know how things work. Um, You hear like blah, 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 a lot of noise, a lot of static noise. Then you hear nothing. But as it gets closer, then the drumbeat starts. And all the um, hysteria of, you know, people not getting paid and they get everybody all jazzed up. What's the latest on the debt limit? You would think the there you would think
9: there'd be a better... I know. There would be, there'd be a, a, a solution. Well, there is a
1: solution. We don't hold them to it. I mean, they haven't had a budget in years. We operate this country under continuing resolutions. It's an absolute disaster. When you were the hotel executive... And when I was the hotel executive, we had to formulate budgets. We had to get our budgets approved and we had to operate within those budgets. They don't play that way. So
9: the old adage, if you ran, if if I ran my business the way Correct. they ran their business, you'd be out of business.
1: Well, and they, they really are. I mean, the government, look at the debt. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, so,
9: so so think about this. The Just recently, the, the U.S. Congressional Budget Office. Uh, basically, went out and said that if Congress doesn't extend the national debt limit, we we could be faced with a default, Harry, sometime between the months of July and September of the, of this summer.
1: I don't the, think I don't think that Kevin McCarthy uh, will allow that to happen. They'll they'll have to work out something, unless of course the other party is willing to play chicken. You know the game of chicken mm-hmm. where you just drive at each other until somebody either has a head-on collision wreck or somebody pulls away
9: but here's what i think this i think this gets to all of us when you think about this harry the the cpo the cbo ended up forecasting harry a fiscal year 2023 budget deficit of 1.4 trillion 1.4 trillion and expects the government to amass an additional 19 trillion dollars in debt 19 trillion dollars in debt harry over the next 10 years, unless there is some sort of shift in spending patterns. Now, how do you shift your spending powers or spending patterns? Do you change Social Security? Oh, do you change Medicare? <laughs> I mean, and you realize
1: po- they're so off the table because one side continues to use that against the other side like a weapon. Uh, no no elected official at the federal level that wants to keep the job they have or have any ability for upward promotion.
9: Are you going to take an entitlement away?
1: No one's going to do it. No one's
9: going to do it. St- are you going to take a step back and adjust that entitlement where you, the recipient, is going to receive less?
1: The moment you do that, then you have cut Medicare or you have cut Social Security. They're not going to do it, Chuck. Now, here's the crazy part, though. I hear these different years. So do you. By the year twenty twenty nine or twenty twenty seven, that that it will be broke, you know, or in the deficit. You know, it used to be. You know how it is right now. You you're almost one to one. Like, don't call out sick today, Chuck. You got a lot of people counting on you right now. It's what it used to be. Like a number of wage earners. <laughs> no, it's now you're responsible for two people, not one or one and a half. I know. You can't take off. It's it's really crazy. It used to have such a cushion. But at the same time, they'll deficit spend. They'll do whatever they have to do. They cannot mess with it because they will be destroyed politically for cutting entitlements.
9: You, Harry, you're absolutely correct. And
1: who are the most faithful voters? Sixty five and older. Correct. The most faithful voters. You start cutting social security and medicare and you're gonna to have to find a new line of work <laughs> so they job one is keeping what they've got they're not going to vote against their own self-interest and so they'll figure it out but it will be at our expense i have no doubt 609-383-2010 to reach chuck malamut we'll be back early in the morning program chuck malamut, malamut we continue This is the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network. Kyrie Hurley, three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. We missed a few, so we came back. More of the best Atlantic City area restaurants and people have been writing me, they're hungry after reading the article, which means I've done my job. History of the Atlantic City Country Club, it's amazing. From 1897 to the present, check that out. In the Atlantic City schools, they've done it again in a formal text message sent out to teachers and all staff members that they're off on Presence Day. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather
3: Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Even though rain showers are wrapping up this morning, we're not quite done with wet weather today. Another round of showers and potential thunderstorms are likely, starting around 2 or 3 o'clock this afternoon. Mostly to partly cloudy skies, otherwise today a high of 56. Drying out with clearing skies tonight, low 34. Tomorrow's high 44. Cooler, early sun gives way to clouds. More rain possible through the afternoon. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today.
0: Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: With Chuck Malamut, we continue all about your financial matters. It's 39 minutes past the hour reminder to reach... Chuck Malamut and his team at Morgan Stanley at their North, Northfield New Jersey office 609-383-2010 is the phone number 609-383-2010 Chuck earnings news so we did chat briefly yes. about
9: what happened this morning but but prior to that Harry about 80% of the constituents that make up the S&P 500 have reported their fourth quarter 2022 earnings. Um, and, you know, what what is referred to as blended earnings. And what that is, Harry, that combines the reported data with estimates for those that have yet to report. So the ones that have and the ones that have not. Earnings are declining about 4.8 percent, um, while sales are up about 5.2 percent looking at the same quarter, you know, a year ago. So... I think you know what the market is bracing for here is sort of going forward into the into the second, third, and fourth quarter of two thousand and twenty-three. What the expectations are with respect to earnings?
1: Wow! Uh, how about this? I guess this comes into the realm when we talk about inverted yield curve when investing. Short-term is more profitable than investing long-term? What's happening relative to short-term interest rates? So,
9: Harry, I would urge your listeners, if they haven't done it already, take a serious look at the cash that they have. Not necessarily, you know, cash in their homes or in the safe deposit boxes, but cash or cash equivalents that are being held in various accounts uh, at the bank, for instance. Uh, You know, banks... Are are quick to increase rates, you know, on on to borrowers, you know, when prime moves, your home equity, your HELOCs, so those rates move basically instantaneously, but with the banks, unfortunately, Harry, are very very slow in paying you as a depositor, uh, you know, you know, interest. So, you know, so we're now at a point in time where. You know, cash, uh, short-term securities have made a big comeback, Harry, over, over the last year. Uh, and it gets obviously thanks to the very, very aggressive rate tightening program that we sh- see the Fed put in to hope to fight inflation. So, Harry, for the first time, the yield on – first time since 2007, the yield on the six-month Treasury bill last week was over 5%. Five wow. percent. Um, That's a nice you know, return. Well, so now yield. So there is there's a, there's a f- sort of a, a battle for the dollars. You know, do I put my money in safe, short term, guaranteed government money, or do I invest in the equity market? So what's happening here? You know, well, these, do you
1: think a lot of people will take the certain over the uncertain? The, the
9: pro, Yeah, I think so what's happening here, the, these yields are now look to be, be appealing. And if, you know, most checking accounts, you know, personal checking accounts do not carry these yields. Mm-hmm. They pay nothing or next to nothing. So you need to come up with a mechanism, whether it's that bank or, you know, what we offer at Morgan Stanley, for instance, Harry, you know, you can get. You know, four to four point three percent, and, and, and in in basically in a money market. But so these yields are now look to be very appealing. But you know, I, I think what you have to take a look at you got to you got to exhibit a little bit of caution here, Harry, because if you have a long term approach, chances are at some point in time you're going to get caught. And you think about this: those yields that, that we just talked about, they're only there for a relatively short period of time. So let's say you bought a one-year treasury bill right now. At the end of the year, that yield is over. And you're going to have to reinvest in a market that might have, you know, lower yields. Uh, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's it certainly, you know, while cash is a legitimate asset class and you have needs for on a short-term basis, it makes some sense, you know, you, you might end up reducing those cash holdings and actually extending the maturities on some of your fixed income to lock in the higher yields, you know, for longer periods of time. Because, Harry, it's going to happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Fed – I mean, the Fed is banging the table, higher rates, higher rates, higher rates. But guess if this economy does what we think it's going to do, uh, you know, the Fed's going to have to pretty much stop on a dime and they're going to have to reverse themselves. And I throw this out there. You're a bright guy. You've been around a a long time. When it, how often is the Fed correct?
1: Very rarely. Not
9: really. You're absolutely correct. They're more wrong than they're right. And I think they, they probably they came to the party too late in raising rates. You left. You. I don't think you laughed me out of here. But transitory. but we. T- <laughs> <laughs> We, yeah, I needed a good I laugh. Think, I think there were two. I think there's been two times where you. <laughs> that was one. I'm trying to remember. The other one was during Obama's campaign. And the, I'm trying. I think it was something like, this is the new norm. The new door. You oh, took me out. You oh. took me out to the woodshed on that. So I'm waiting for my third one. But you most definitely banged the table and said, Chuck, inflation is not transitory. And the Fed came back 60 days later and said, Oh, by the way, this is not transitory. So we're living through it. Now, granted, we, it's coming down. We were nine point nine, I think, in the in the height of things last June, but you know we're now struggling. We're at that yeah. six four, six five, and the, it's hard. It's going to be really hard to get to two. Yeah, two, two and a half, maybe. Maybe they push it to three. How do you get there? You get there, Harry, with inflicting pain, pain. in the economy. The in in major, the clever Lang doctrine in in layoffs, not so much with technology companies, but layoffs across the board.
1: We're going to be right back. Don't go away for all of your financial planning needs. Turn to the best in the business. Chuck Malamut, 609-383-2010. When we come back, could it be Chuck will have the answer. Could it be that the economic outlook around the world is looking better, but we're not? going along for the ride that it's a different story in america could we be looking at polar opposite realities a world even china a world doing better while we are not i hope that that's not chuck's forecast when we come back we'll see in just a few minutes
0: Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Try anything to raise the cost of Precision Jobs, I will veto it.
8: <laughs> precision Jobs is the new fiddlesticks.
0: <laughs> Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Weekday afternoons at 1 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com.
1: Flying by, as is usually the case, Chuck Malamut at 52 minutes past the hour. So I'm from the Malamut School. I learned from you. I'm your protege. So I know the world is looking better. Uh, So talk about that. But is America Harry this join is so, the world?
9: I, again the cross currents are there they're front and center and it's just amazing you know the the economic outlook and we kind of touched on this you know just a few minutes ago around the world's looking a lot better than it did just last fall think about it uh, the the, the 517,000 uh, jobs that were produced created you know last month Inflation is coming down, but not as quickly as we all like the milder winter that we've exhibited here, uh, not only domestically here on the East Coast for sure, but for sure in Europe. And again, the reopening of China. So all of that, I think, you know, has, you know, bodes well for the economy. But the problem is, Harry, there's no clear path right now. Mm. There's just too many.
1: There's, so there's the, too the, many variables out. The there. likely outlook is that the world will be looking better, and we won't. No, I, I think we. I think we kind of get
9: dragged along.
1: Okay,
9: but it's it's. I think everyone's expectation is, and it's something that we kind of chatted about uh, with respect to, you know, reworking a portfolio. When you're looking at your domestic holdings, you might want to take a, a serious look at what you own internationally. And uh, you know have have an overweight you know versus traditional investing, because our guys and gals are saying there's a pretty high probability you're going to be more profitable this year outside the U.S. than you will be in the U.S. as far as investing.
1: Well, I think this is a big question for the Malamut program: Are banks willing to lend? Please say they are.
9: Well, Harry, I would like to say they are, but but I know it. Um, I uh, un- unfortunately, according to a most recent survey that was conducted uh, and the participants were the, what they referred to as senior loan officers, um, you know, banks, the percentage of banks, Harry, that are are, are becoming less – there's a larger percentage of banks right now, Harry, that are becoming less willing to lend to consumers than we previous, previously and, – and we have not – you know, Harry – We're at levels right now that we haven't seen uh, at any point in time unless it points to a recession. Mm. So, you know, like I said, the word of the day is cross currents. You know, we talked about, well, maybe we're not going to have a recession. Maybe we're not going to have a hard landing. Maybe not a soft landing. Maybe no landing at all. Maybe it gets pushed to 24.
1: I think they've also altered the meaning, uh, the definition of Recession, so they can just say we didn't have one. It seems because I, I, I think we yeah, had one. I, well,
9: it was July twenty ninth. I think it was Wikipedia. How do I know this date? I just remember Did they last year twenty two two thousand twenty two. They changed they the they definition, changed. and the, the problem that's, is, that's I, crazy. I, I think you said it, and maybe Kirk said it before that they'll 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 announce that we that we have we had a recession and we're out of recession, pretty much in the same breath. Harry, I am pretty convinced that's going to happen. At some point in time, Now, I can't tell you if it's going to be in the latter part of 23 and early 24. But I, let me ask you, are, are we in a recession?
1: Well, I knew we were before. I'm unsure that we are now. I know it's not good. Uh I think it's it still remains to be seen. I
9: I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I mean, I, th- I
1: th- it's not good. There, though, but... I, I
9: think we're there, actually. But. Again, it,
1: I'll, I'll I'll go with you. I, I, we're either there or we're very close. Either way, it's not good. Well, the, the pro, I think I think the
9: problem is that you know when you print five hundred seventeen thousand jobs, you know I think it caught everybody by surprise. And the Fed saying, "Well, hold on a second here, we have we you know Houston, we have a problem."
1: Yeah, three and, three minutes left in your show, Chuck, for today, and you have a lot of important topics. I want to leave it to you to pick one or two that you want to close with. We can go in order, and they're all good. But maybe there's something you want to close with.
9: No, Harry, I think we. I think we will. We, we did chat a little bit about international, so we can kind of. Right. we can kind of knock that off the
1: what, list. What can you say about international exposure? Well, no, we 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 did it. We right? did that. So, oh, we, good, so good, good, knock, good.
9: Knock that one off. I think you know the the next the next talking point we're going to chat about. Can the market can you know can the stock market continue the rally?
1: What I'm know? amazed with is the, a rally to continue under these fundamentals that we see would seem incongruent to me that it shouldn't be able to continue but can it
9: I think we Harry I think that you know we got off to a great start in January uh we you know February year month to date looks like it you know you you end it right now it's it's a losing month yeah. so you know December was a losing month January positive February was a loser not that we're looking month to month but you know, you think about, you know, what the, the, the path that the Fed is on right now, it's I think it's going to be challenging for sure. I mean, I think you'll find pockets of the market that will do well, um, but it's, it's not just like throwing money at the market and with the hopes that it's, that, that it's going to move up. I, I think that, you know, higher rates, a weakening economy, uh, you know, the Fed, you know, keeping the foot on the pedal mm. with respect to raising raising rates. In the commitment to get to that two percent inflation target number, um, I, I'm I'm not sure how much how much farther we go from here.
1: I don't even see anything in place that would put us on a glide path to get back to two percent. There just doesn't seem to be anything that's working correctly to get us there.
9: You're you're absolutely right about that. I, I think that you know I, I think that we have a we have a lot of work to do. To are get are there.
1: bulls on the move? Well, Harry, you know, you, you,
9: you think about it; they are. I mean, in which is this is again, this is so. And most people listening right now would be they're thinking they're like, making this stuff up. They're saying, "Well, you, Chuck and Harry, you guys can be out of your mind here because you're, you're <laughs> talking on you're talking on both sides of your mouth." But Harry, look, a weekly survey that was conducted from by the American Association of Individual Investors recently showed that 37 percent of the respondents were bullish, 37 percent on the stock market. Wow. Uh, First time that we've exceeded 35 percent, Harry, since 2021, November 2021. There was a 57 weeks, all right, that we were sub 35 percent readings. The longest in the history that that survey has been put together and more than twice as long, Harry, as the two 27 week streaks that ended in early 19. And seconds. the end of 2020. So maybe we were on the right path. More to come next week, Harry.
1: Strong closing, Mr. Malamut. 609-383-2010 for Chuck Malamut. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Harry. Enjoy the rest of your week. Always an honor. You too, my friend. Dr. Newkirk is expected next.
0: WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3, Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground to the broadcast pioneers of philadelphia hall of fame i want to congratulate my friend
2: harry hurley
0: you're about to find out why harry hurley has been named to the talkers magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation live from the studios of town square media in northfield it's hurley in the morning on wpg talk radio 95.5 it is
1: six minutes past the hour chuck malamut has just left the building he won't be hearing us as he walks down the stairs, but he will hear us as soon as he gets in the car. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend Dr. Mark Newkirk is here. This is all about your pets with Dr. Mark Newkirk, who bears the um, the name of the practice. Newkirk Family Veterinarians, a trusted name. It's getting closer to 50 years than 45. Uh, they're at 3085 English Creek Avenue, Egg Harbor Township on the web. Same deal. Newkirk n e w k i r k newkirk familyveterinarians.com and the phone number to make an appointment 609-645-2120 and take our advice on this program we we pretty much always remember to remember to mention this is it's really important so that give Dr. Newkirk and his team an opportunity to truly have just like you would want when your doctor wants a baseline, you know, once a year, you get a physical, you get blood work done, hopefully, and you can see where you stand. Because you don't want to come in when certain things are elevated and you're not feeling well and you have an infection or all these things are going on. It's much better to give Dr. Newkirk a fighting chance to to have that baseline. And it's good to know. It's good to know, you know, where you stand. So the idea of, you know, working with a great veterinarian is to do the well care visits as well it's it's not a upsell uh it's really important 609-645-2120 to make an appointment and it is dental month at newkirk let's begin there dr newkirk welcome to your program
10: good morning uh, what a bunch of crazy weather out there this week coming up
1: i think i i don't know that we're going to hit 70 it looked like it early in the week it said 70 or 71 for the high but it'll be at least 68 degrees on Thursday doc i think we're going to have escaped winter we're we're going to have a year of our life where there was no winter i think
10: i i think we just might uh, it's going to be incredible for the animals to be outside uh, the dog park is having uh, record winter visits <laughs> because the weather's so nice. So, uh, yeah, get
1: out there and have a good time. Let the dogs run, and,
10: and, and uh, both of you go out and do a little run, and we'll both get healthier.
1: Yeah, it's going to be spring-like, no question about it. Good start there, Doc. Explain to your listeners what dental month at Newkirk Family Veterinarians is.
10: Well, dental disease is really the number one chronic disease that we see in animals and many people would be surprised by that. But then I would just say, well, you know, how many dentists are out there that are have their full schedule every single day? So dental disease is a big problem in humans. And trust me, we take care of our teeth uh, in general way better than we take care of our pet's teeth. And uh just like us, there's genetics involved, there's diet involved, and there's lack of proper care involved. But the biggest thing with animals is we often think, well, doggy breath or cat breath is normal. Well, not that it smells wonderful. They're not using uh, halitosis rinses and that kind of a thing, but oftentimes it's because there's dental infection. And then people say to me, well, he's eating just fine. And the answer to that is, well, his teeth are not flat. So they don't get cavities. So they don't get pain. They don't get pressure. They don't get cold or heat sensations. Uh, They swallow their food. They get severe periodontal disease. And the third thing is, well, when I look at his teeth, they look okay. And I said, well, are you actually... Looking at the back teeth, just like us, that's where the problem is. And the answer mostly is no. Very few people open their animal's mouth to have a look in the back. And all you need to do is actually stretch the lip way back. You don't have to open the mouth itself, just stretch the lip way back. And uh, some of you who are listening, if you do that uh, during or after the show, are going to be really surprised at what you see back there. Uh, it's pretty nasty. So it's such a big problem uh, that we, uh, the AVMA has a sponsored National Pet Dental Month. Uh, practices volunteer to join us. It's nothing mandatory. And, uh, but every February, we at Newkirk do participate. We offer 20% off this dental surgical procedure. And it's important also to understand this is a surgical procedure. Uh, you and I might sit back in a chair and put on some headphones and open our mouth, but the animal's not going to do that, and especially if there's any kind of uh, severe periodontal disease or pain, or and they're simply just not going to hold still. So this is an anesthetic procedure, and people are always concerned about anesthesia, and, and there's, yeah, I say anesthesia is to be respected but not feared. You know, uh, I've had to have several surgeries in the last five or six years. You know, what am I going to do? Say, no, I'm too old to have anesthesia. Let me just walk around in pain some more. Uh, no, that's silly. So coupled with the fact that this is a uh, chronic infection, a chronic disease going on in the mouth, you, you wouldn't allow yourself to have a chronic wound, let's say, on your arm. You would get it treated. Uh, so the same thing with these mouths. And people who have severe periodontal disease understand what, what we're talking about here. So this is not just about having some fresh breath. This is about removing a source of infection for the entire body. This bacteria gets in the bloodstream, goes to liver, kidneys, heart valves, uh, just like in humans. So uh, very, very important to to have flip Flip the lip, as we say, flip the lip and, and take a look. And your cats as well. Cats hide this stuff even more so than dogs do.
1: Hey, Doc, in terms of anesthesia, uh, and you've been very articulate about that, does there come a point where either, we'll say a dog, for example, it could be a cat too, uh, is too old or you worry about whether the the dog or the cat can tolerate anesthesia, but maybe you have like a dental issue that you need to take care of. How do you, how do you measure that decision?
10: Um, yeah, we certainly want to take the entire animal's health in mind, and you know there's two sides to that. Sometimes, so first of all, ahead of time we take a cardiogram, make sure the heart is good. And we take some blood work looking at the, the, the organs and making sure they're good. And sometimes we'll find some liver or kidney elevations and then we're saying, well, um, you know, do we do this or not? And, and depending, assuming the animal is, is doing clinically fine, then oftentimes they say, well, it's the cause of these liver enzymes is probably the mouth. So we need to do some antibiotics and knock this down, and then get in there and get those teeth cleaned. So, and there are some animals, very few, and mostly the ones with advanced heart disease uh, that may not be able to have anesthesia. Uh, but for the most part, most animals uh, are are okay, just like most humans are okay. So, um, you know, here again, it's it's discussing this with the individual owner and and trying to make them understand look you want this dog or cat to live as long as possible right so how how healthy do you think he is with this infection in his mouth every single day
1: doc i think i saw i don't know if you caught this article or not i saw a report about a dog that i believe is 23 years old i'll look it up during the break 23 uh the breed escapes me at the moment but when i see it again It'll come back to me, uh, and I've been meaning to mention this to you. I knew we would be together today. The dog looked still like a puppy, did not appear to have any issues at all, incredibly vibrant. That that's Whether that's a small dog, a medium dog, and usually a large dog won't get anywhere near 23, I would imagine. I don't know what the record is, but uh, when I get this dog and the name and all that, the breed, um, it, it, it'll maybe even make a little more sense but 23 that's pretty amazing isn't it doc
10: yeah that's pretty old and it's definitely going to be a smaller dog it could even be a mixed breed dog uh, but certainly the smaller statured uh, animals The large dogs live uh, much much less than the small dogs and uh but yeah that's pretty old uh interesting you bring that up because i have a uh, A a news line on the oldest cat, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, Her name is Flossie. She was born in 1995 and is verified at 26 years and 316 days old. Wow. She's actually out outlived two of her previous owners <laughs> so she's uh, she's been passed around but she's uh twenty twenty six. that that's the oldest one
1: i ever that's amazing uh, i i believe i knew of like a 20 year old cat and i used to think oh my god that's amazing because the person who had it at the time was not all that much older than 20 so the cat was part of his entire life uh which was amazing and i did look up a twenty-three year old Chihuahua named Spike is officially the world's oldest living dog. And it wasn't an article now that I think of it. I saw this on TV. I saw this uh, spike. That's a Guinness World Book uh, World Record twenty three year old Chihuahua. See of course you're Doctor Mark Newkirk, so mm-hmm. you knew you knew it was a smaller dog. Uh, this dog is uh I mean that's 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 incredible, isn't it?
10: Yeah, that's really amazing and uh you know a lot of that is genetics it's just like you know how come some people live to be 105 or whatever um uh, so you, you it's kind of the luck of the draw there and uh you know we try to stay as healthy as we can and we try to minimize vaccines in our animals and we try to improve the diet in animals um you know those are the two main things you can do to uh extend life and uh, as you were mentioning earlier getting that that blood work done and that's, that's really critical, especially cats. You know, they hide their symptoms and signs so, so well. And oftentimes, um, especially if you have food down all day, you don't even notice the cat isn't eating. You figure out somebody else filled the food bowl. And then many times these cats come in and they're really sick and people say, well, last week you were just up and running around. and uh, and, <laughs> and I always say, well... Look at me. I'm up and running around, but, you know, I've had five back surgeries, so I'm not in the most wonderful shape. So, uh, yeah, cats especially. So it's important to have that, that annual visit and have some annual blood work done, especially as they start, you know, getting into middle age. Uh, they age much faster than us, as we all know. and um, they, they get-
1: um, But if you can, Bob, check back in because I'm not aware of your question. I do know John's question, and it is this. And, Bob, hold on. I'm going to give John's question, then we're going to go right to you. Does a purebred dog live longer than a mixed-breed dog? I think that's a very good question.
10: Um, In general, no. It's more about the size and the breed of the dog. You know, you could have a mixed lab, and a lab would, you know, uh, live the same time. The problem comes in if there are genetic diseases. So we'll see um, bone cancer, for example, in the Rottweiler. We'll see uh, lymphatic cancer in the Golden Retriever. Um, so there are things that can shorten the life of a particular breed. But um, it's not so that mutts are healthier than purebred dogs. Uh, it, it's all about the breeding. So it's doing the due diligence before you... Uh, purchase a purebred dog is there there are some regulations that varies state to state but for the most part it's uh, let the buyer beware
1: is it true that is this is generalized type comments so i'm sure there is there are exceptions but if i said to you the bigger the dog the shorter the life is that almost a correct statement
10: that's true. Yeah. The larger the dogs. Uh, so the big Great Danes and whatever, seven, eight, nine. And we were talking about Pekingese and Chihuahuas at 20. So, yeah, that's very common.
1: How, how come the little ones can live 20 years and beyond the Chihuahua that I mentioned, the record holder, 23, and the bigger dogs are lucky to make it a third of that? What What is the reason for that?
10: Well, it's certainly in the genetics and also the growth rate. So, you know, a chihuahua from birth to maturity at one year or so, you know, might weigh 10 pounds. The great thing is going to go from being born at a pound and be 200 pounds. So it's a tremendous growth rate uh, and the hormones that affect that. So the growth rate is just sped up, I believe, is what's really the underlying Reason,
1: very reasonable. Hello, Bob. Your question for Doctor Newkirk.
11: Well, just an observation, Doctor. We we have two giant schnauzer females, and they're small. Uh, They're barely barely. Well, they're about sixty-one pounds, and you know the males can get to be one hundred and twenty and even more.
0: Wow.
11: Does that does that have that variability in size, does that have something to do with longevity? Because our our 10-year-old giant Schnauzer, her blood works perfect, and she's really in good health. But I do have a quick question about her, but does that have some variability on on age, like within a breed, if they're a smaller version? Do they tend to live
7: longer? Um, to some, to some
10: small degree, but in general, you know, if they're hundred pounds or fifty pounds, uh, they're basically going to live that. That same breed, they're basically going to live
11: about the same age. Okay. Okay. So, real quick question: the ten-year-old Schnauzer, giant Schnauzer, she. Uh, we, we've had this problem on and off. It, she would go months and months; she'd be fine, and then all of a sudden, you know, she's peeing all over the house. And we're we're going to travel back to New Jersey from Florida soon, putting her on prone. And we have not put her ever on prone because we kind of heard that's a bad drug. Is it indeed a bad drug? And putting her on for a couple of months, do you think that might have some deleterious side effects?
10: Uh, well, first of all, prolin is not a drug technically. It is an amino acid combination. Now, it is it ha- does have a license, so it falls under expiration dates and things like that. Uh, but prolin in general is fairly safe. Um, in some higher doses, if the animal's needed, sometimes it can cause some heart palpitations, some anxiety, but in general, uh, it's good. Now, for those listening, proin is actually for a urinary incontinence problem. It's not for low-grade cystitis problems. So uh, if you're having urination because of infection, then proin's not going to work. Incontinence is going to be marked by the animal is wet after they get up from sleeping, they've leaked urine in their sleep. That's the classic incontinence thing. Uh, whereas a the cystitis, they'll just start peeing all over the place because it it hurts or it burns.
11: Yeah, no, her 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 situation is she could be resting, sleeping, and there's a little puddle. That's so gotcha yeah i would go ahead and
10: do it uh sometimes stress can aggravate that uh aging of course is going to aggravate that so uh yeah we we like to try the pro in first uh and many many times it, it does work okay all right doctor Good thank to talk you, to you Bob. for your help
11: yep thank so, you. You. you you got, got it.
1: it we have time to take one more call and then a closing comment from dr newkirk it's flown by as it usually does Welcome to the program. You're on the air with Dr. Mark Newkirk. Hello. Hello. You're here. Good morning.
12: Hi. How are you? Hey, Doc. How are you? I have uh, two quick questions. Oh. Um, my first question is, is that we recently, last Friday, I came downstairs in the middle of the night to put um our dogs out. We have six German Shepherds. Wow. And, um... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey Harry, this is Rocco. This 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 is Rocco's wife by the way. Oh my
1: goodness. <laughs> Send my regards. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I
12: well he's sitting right here. Now, I believe one of so, your dogs um, was
1: I, Go ahead, go ahead.
12: Yeah, one of my dogs, I came downstairs to let one of the little little ones out and uh I found him dead. Half, you know, he's uh. just dead on the couch and just Hours before, oh, I mean, he was running around and perfectly fine. I, I, I mean, I'm assuming that he had a heart attack. He was seven years old. I, I you know, it just, it blows mm. me away. Why, why did that happen?
10: Yeah, good question. Uh, sudden death is not overly common. They don't technically have heart attacks like you and I do, but there could have certainly been some underlying issue with the heart that, and you know, perhaps through a blood clot to the brain had a mass, massive stroke, you know, things like that. But yeah, certainly very young and very surprising. And I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah,
12: and we had a we had a terrible experience with our local veterinary hospital, and, um, never going back there again, but, uh, they just picked up our dog yesterday after, after being there for seven days. But my second question is, uh, we also have a long-haired three-year-old, uh, German shepherd who is from, uh, Russia and Yugoslavia, and where is it? Ukraine. Um, mm-hmm. and he is having many seizures. I had a dog that had seizures prior to this, but they were more grand mal seizures. I don't right. want to put them on phenobarbital. I do not I do not want to put them on potassium bromide. I mean, they can only be on that for so long. So is there any, like, cannabis or any other over-the-counter vitamin that I could give him to ease these five-minute... Yeah, it's like every 30 days, a full moon. Um, that can, like... Hmm get rid I, can't- I know I can't get rid of epilepsy but he has like these small seizures of shaking, urinating, drooling but they're short- they're they're not grand mal.
10: Mhm. Is he a young
12: dog? 3 years old. Wow.
10: Well, okay, so right in the middle. Yeah. So he probably does have an acquired epilepsy. Um, And uh, the question of the medications, uh, they can be on these medications long term, as long as they're not having any kind of side effects with it, which would primarily be involved in the liver. Um, These are certainly stressful to the animal, like you say, he has urine and shaking and all those kinds of things. The problem with CBD out there is everybody and their brother makes one. And uh, there's no regulation on this stuff. There's no um, what's called certificate of analysis. If you're ever evaluating a CBD, you want to ask the company for a certificate of analysis. Now, this doesn't make a medical claim that it works, but it makes a claim that says, well, what I say is in this bottle is is in this bottle, and I would challenge you to say probably 95% of the companies you talk to will not have that. Um, So, conversely, there are some homeopathic remedies that will help with epilepsy. Uh, I have done some chiropractic adjustments around the head and neck of some of these dogs, and I've seen epilepsy settle down. Um, and we do have a potential CBD formula, which mixed with some, uh, aromatherapy flowers that tends to help some of these dogs. Um, so it's, um, you know, the difference is, well, with the drug, we can get a predicted response. And with some of these other things, it's more of a, of a try and see, but there's, there's certainly a plan that we can put forward to try to help this dog because it's, uh, it's very stressful for this animal to undergo all this.
12: Yeah, he had one last night, and I was like so excited to hear that you were on the phone. I said, I got a call. Perfect. If I know what I can do. So, all
1: right. Sorry for your loss. Uh, Oh, yeah. And and especially like that, so shocking. Take good care. It is. It's
12: shocking, you know, but yet grateful for not a prolonged sickness, illness, pain, suffering.
1: So. Yeah, I love your, your your work ethic there. Your attitude—that's that's that's very good. And please say send my best regards.
12: I will. Okay. You take Thank good care. Thank you. Good to talk to you. You
1: too. I know. Doc, what do you say? I mean, because you you've seen it all. Um, what do you say to someone? I mean, you just did, but just out of nowhere, they're just not ready for it. I mean, it happens. You know, obviously with humans. And people we know love their pets. Some, some are better to their pets than, than many humans are to other humans. Uh, what do you say when someone has? I mean, on one hand, the long goodbye is painful, but you do have time at least to prepare for it. Although most people will say that it still hits you like a ton of bricks. And even though you know that there's finality, it still hits hard. But having the long goodbye is one thing, but out of nowhere it just shocks you to your core, doesn't it?
10: Yeah, it it really does. And I mean, just just like a human. You know, unfortunately there's usually something underlying this thing. Um, As I say, dogs don't have the classic heart attack, you know, coronary artery disease, and you suddenly have a blockage in your heart and you have a heart attack. Dogs don't seem to get that. But we do see, especially in the small dogs, a lot of underlying congestive heart failure. And um, sometimes it can be very subtle. We can see cardiomyopathies, which are muscle diseases of the heart. There's a genetic component to these. And um, the animals will live seemingly fine for a, a period of time, but finally the heart starts to have problems and that's a disease that throws blood clots and and that could be a cause of sudden death as well.
1: Do they usually die in their sleep? They just stop breathing and they just go to sleep and they don't wake up?
10: No, uh, just like you or I, we can have a heart attack at any time. Uh, again they don't have the heart attack but the same idea i mean yeah. it, it, the heart just decides to go or you just decide to throw a blood clot and boom or people have aneurysms and you know boom uh that's we don't nobody's really researched aneurysm in in animals to my knowledge uh, but i'm sure that it happens so you know that's another possibility and You know, that goes and you're gone, you know.
1: Yes, sir. It is Dental Month at Newkirk Family Veterinarians. So take full advantage of that. You still have, uh, you know, a good, uh, well, probably exactly a week plus today. Uh, Give a call. 609-645-2120. They're at 3085 English Creek Avenue in Egg Harbor Township on the web at NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com. Doc, we, we just went right at it, went blazing at it, and a lot of good listener participation, which we always appreciate, uh, both on the phone lines and also digitally. So thanks for checking in with Dr. Newkirk. Anything in closing that you'd like to share?
10: I just enjoy this week with the weather. Everybody get out there. Have a good time. Remember the dog park Um, in EHT. You do not have to be a resident of EHT to join the dog park. Just go on uh, EHTdogPark.com, and you can sign up there. You'll get a little fob that opens the the gates for you. Uh, If you haven't been there, uh, check it out. It's right off of Ocean Heights Avenue there where – the Russell Swift School is the ball fields, uh, the county library, all in that area there. And uh, it, it's great if you ever watch a dog just run and play with other animals. It, it's so much fun. They're, they're like a bunch of little kids running around there having a
1: great time. Dr. Newkirk, thanks for a great visit. We'll reconvene in two weeks.
10: All right, take care. Have a good day, everyone.
1: See you, Doc. Be well. When we come back, it's your turn to play. The phone lines are open right now, 609 four zero seven fourteen fifty a reminder uh we will be working again today for fox news nationally between 3 to 6 p.m i know joe concha is scheduled uh from fox news uh he is excellent every time we've had the opportunity to interview him uh i sent in my sort of um wish list of 10 different items That I'd like to see us cover over the three hours that we'll be together. So check us out if you have a little bit of time. We'll be covering, of course, President Biden's visit to the Royal Palace in Warsaw, Poland. He visited with Polish President Duda and uh, a lot of news that we'll be sharing. Uh, Don't forget, digitally, uh, we missed a few. So we came back strong with more of the best Atlantic City area restaurants. Check that out. I've been blamed for making people hungry this morning. So check that out. The history of the Atlantic City Country Club from 1897 to the present. And this this um, phenomenally gets gone viral, I think, because it's so just bizarre and crazy and outrageous. But right before President's Day weekend, the Atlantic City public school system sent out a text message to certified staff members, uh, support staff members, reminding them that they were off on Presence day as in Christmas presents. Presence day and, and just to add a little fun on top of fun, uh you, the, the word weck end was was included. The the version of W E K K E N D. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. That's an educational delivery system writing like that. Sort of explains a lot, doesn't it?
8: Brian Kilmeade here coming up on Tuesday's edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show of the latest on President Biden's big time trip to surprise everybody in Ukraine. I'll talk to the governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson. He's going to be at a border solution summit. See what he has to say. I think he's going to run for president. That story and so much more coming up on the Tuesday edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show.
0: Brian Kilmeade is next at 10 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app.
1: Mini-segment because we ran a little bit long with Dr. Newkirk, but I'm not disappointed about that because we wanted to get all your calls in and your questions, and so we did that. But that means this will be a mini-segment. I've got a break in just a little bit, then we'll come back and uh, we'll, we'll take some calls at 609 609- Four zero seven fourteen fifty. 1450. But let me share something with you that I've been trying to, um, to, to get in here for about three hours and 47 minutes. And we'll see how this is going to end. I can't predict because we live in bizarro world. You used to be able to predict these things. Like if some knucklehead like Don Lemon said that a woman at age 51 is past her prime. And then you have the two ladies on the panel that I think they actually were trying to save him. Uh, And I I wish I knew which one said it, whether it was Poppy Harlow or Caitlin Collins. Um, I know a little bit more about Poppy Harlow than I do about Caitlin Collins, which I know very little about. But one of them, because I only heard the audio and read the transcript, I didn't see them say it. So it didn't have um, who said it. But I can tell you this much. When some knucklehead says that a 51-year-old woman who I think she looks fabulous and she's brilliant – and sharp, and all of this. I don't think she's going to be president, but that's beside the point. When you say she's past her prime, and then the two ladies on your panel are trying to save you because you are some Neanderthal, knuckle dragging, tragulodite, and you go doubling and tripling and quadrupling down, they're trying to save you. Like, past her prime for what? Like, what? I, I thought that was a fabulous response. And that that would be my question. What are you talking about? What what prime is she past? She's 30 years younger than the current president. It can't be that. And you don't ever bring up that with him. So why would you bring it up with her? I mean, so I mean, if there's not like that, that should be Don Lemon should be the picture when you look up the word misogynist. He should pop up hey it's me I'm misogyny it's my middle name now so he goes on to say, yeah look it up like there's some lookup for when a woman is at past her prime according to you and you're five years older than she is I mean you can't make this stuff up that's what I'm talking about when I say bizarre world he goes, yeah yeah look it up go Google Google, when is a woman in her prime? It will say 20s, 30s, and maybe 40s, maybe 40s. So he did a bad job apologizing because the apology is of the nature that a typical narcissist will do. You know, look, when you blow it, you you just got to say you're sorry. It can't be with conditions. It's like Tiger Woods. If I offended anyone with his tampon prank that he did, if I offended anyone. And I I think it was terrific that Michael Johnson called him out. I don't have the quote in front of me, his tweet, but it was in fact, I do have it in front of me. This is this is almost like Tiger is acting like Don Lamont, if you're Tucker Carlson. Uh, Michael Johnson put this is a beautiful tweet. When I say beautiful, I mean, uh, fantastic. Apology, an apology starting with if I offended anyone is no apology. What a what a just pithy spot on, but it gets better. But this is Tiger. Never been a leader. And he's Teflon still heralded after all the mistakes. So he's learned nothing. Media focus always on miraculous recovery. Never why the need. For recovery, End quote. So you go. You go, Michael Johnson. You got four gold medals that says you can say that. Spot on. Look, I'm a fan of Tiger as a golfer. His um, personal stuff, uh, obviously I'm not. And I don't understand he's gotten away because he's Tiger Woods with so much. Why would you go hand your playing partner a tampon? Because you know what that means. I mean, that, that that upsets a lot of people. And then they start saying, well, what, what's the joke? Are you saying he's uh, like a, a, a sissy man, a she-man? Uh, he's having his period? I mean, what are you saying? So, not a good prank. You know, you want to get a fake thumb and make a, a, a silk little handkerchief disappear and take your hands up in the air and go, woo, you know, go go do something like that. You know, juggle three balls, put a clown nose on. But handing out a tampon to a male out on the golf course at a major event that I think was something like the top 50 people in the in the world, um, he, he, he needs a life coach to say, Tiger, that's not a good prank. Nobody thinks it's funny. And it remains to be seen. I would have to think that he's going to have um, a lot of problems with that. We'll see if it goes away or if it winds up in terms of advertisers and all kinds of things. All right, we're going to go to your calls. You are the first caller as soon as we come back. So hang in there a moment and we'll get to as many as we can. This is
0: early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPGG Atlantic City, W E N 3 Millville, a town square media station.
9: Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. When the prospect of divorce becomes a reality, you need a partner that you can count on consider contacting cordell and cordell we've helped men navigate complex legal matters for 30 years
0: contact cordell and cordell to schedule an appointment
6: with one of our firm's philadelphia area attorneys offices in philadelphia radnor and allentown pennsylvania and mount laurel new jersey michelle ferrari licensed in new jersey and pennsylvania joseph cordell licensed in missouri and illinois only online at cordellcordell.com. and now a small business setback set to smooth jazz
12: it's late you're driving in the rain with only one thing on your mind the deer about to total your HVAC van. But with Progressive's 30-plus customizable coverage options, you're covered. The rest is just saxophone.
0: When running your small business gets rough, Progressive Commercial is there to smooth it out. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com.
12: Twink this sound.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Coverage and discounts not available for all vehicles or states. Policy terms and conditions apply. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3 now. Early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Very interesting, and I need to take this under further advisement. I spoke with um, a very nice female friend of mine. She said that most females are not the least bit uh, concerned, up in arms, or anything over Tiger Woods and the tampon thing, the tampon prank. He's getting bashed, it seems, by men who are thinking for females, which makes me have to check myself in on that one. Uh, furthermore, my friend told me that she went and looked at all the comments that she could find out there uh, on the topic and that most, so it's some obviously think differently of it, but most were not offended by what Tiger did. Now, I haven't, I haven't seen any women defend what Don Lemon has done. That's a different category altogether. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Yeah,
7: yeah. Don't worry. You send Biden over to Ukraine. We won't nuke Ukraine when his comrade Biden is over there. No, no. We like him as your president. He is a good, useful idiot. I mean, a good socialist.
1: By the way, think about how twisted this whole thing is. Biden's talking about Russia, this great adversary. But when he was going to Ukraine... They purposely tipped Russia off that he would be there. So this could be the great okie doke, uh, because the only reason you would do that, if you were fearful of your enemy, that they would kill you while you were there and that you're you're not having your usual security and all of this, uh, this tells me that he knew he could tell them and they knew to stand down. And what I am vetting, the Daily Mail and others are reporting it, supposedly, a CNN reporter has said it, that he had been there for six days, not a single siren. And at the moment Biden was there and on the ground in Ukraine, the siren goes off. But that furthermore, there was no explosion and there was nothing else to it. So I think this whole thing is a scam.
7: I think so, too. It's scary times that we live in because it's come out in the watch that the Three of the four Nord Stream pipelines were blown up by Biden had his hand in it and he was complicit in it, even though he wasn't the brains in the outfit. but he was in on it because earlier on, he said that, you know, we'll take care of the Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 situation. Now, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course, of course. But anyway, he had mentioned that earlier on before it was even blown up. And also, you know, President Trump was in office. You know, we're preaching to the choir here. The Kingston XL pipeline, we bring in natural gas down to the lower 48, those people. North Stream pipelines, we bring natural gas into Europe. Now we have now we have Europe as our enemy now. So this this guy's going to scorched Earth policy. And it's not going to it's not going to bode good for the United States of America. It sucks, man. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Flash. That was quick. 609-407-1450. We take your calls in the order that they come in. Welcome Thank to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Yeah, Harry, uh, this reminds me of when. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You didn't say what you need to say first. Please. It's a great day. If I get okay. To... <laughs> I got your back. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for rescuing yes. me. That's Throw okay. Me that life That's right. So it reminds me of when Hillary
5: Clinton was under fire when she got off
1: that plane. Was that Kosovo or something? Yeah, it was Kosovo and it was actually little children uh, handing them flowers. <laughs> They, they lie about everything, Andy. I don't know if you had a chance because I know you're running a busy, busy business. But I shared earlier in the program. Let me go to it. I've got. I saved it in my uh, my trusty H phone here, and it's it's worth taking a moment to get it because it's it's so preposterous. Now that um, we learn more about this, uh, hold on. Where did it go? Here it is. After uh, doing two air shifts yesterday, I started to think that basically everything with Biden, nothing is as it seems. So I wanted to find out um, because I started to only go to Democrat uh, sites. Drudge, which is a Democrat site now, which is such a shame because it just used to just be he wasn't even necessarily pro Republican. He just he was pro Trump, but he was he was just an aggregator. Now it is it is it is pure Democrat propaganda. So the headlines are President's trip took guts. Walks in war zone, unprecedented risks, historic, timely, brave, air raid sirens blare. So then this thing starts to unravel that there was nothing uh, impromptu about this. It was planned. They told Russia ahead of time that he would be there. So if Russia was really his enemy, well, you would tell your enemy where you're going to be so you can be assassinated. So, Andy, what I, I was so glowing in my praise but everything about this guy from when he cheats at school to when he plagiarizes and and does these different things takes some other guy's life and makes it his story uh says he's top of his class when he was the bottom of the class you could just go on and on everything is typically the opposite of what it is if i followed my own rule that i wouldn't have believed that this was real now i still want to commend that he did go he should have gone to East Palestine first, but he did go. He is promising more aid. It is a good thing for a commander in chief to do, but they pulled a fast one on America and the world here.
5: Remember, Harry, when fires were burning, when police cars were burning, when buildings were burning, they told you it was peaceful protest. And when he's actually in a place where there's no danger, they tell you that there was danger. Yeah, the
1: headline was fiery, but mostly peaceful protests.
5: Yes, yes. But now he's look, if there was any risk at all to Biden, do you think they would have brought him there? If there was any risk at all, there was. There would be more risk had he gone to East Palestine and breathed some of the air there and drank yeah, the, and
1: drank the water So, really yeah. you know when they tell them to drink the water they really should go there first and and do an Aaron Brockovich they should open that that tap open that spigot and drink that water now I wouldn't do it would you
5: no they, they, they could do they could do a remake of the Jackie Gleason movie remember don't drink the water yes that, that, that Jackie with Estelle Parsons I think it was they could send Biden do a movie called please drink the water
1: by the way I just watched it was a 19 minute interview you never see that anymore long form interview Jackie Gleason on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson you you need to familiarize yourself It was fantastic. I just found it out of nowhere in my morning concert that I do. All of a sudden, this video clip was there. I watched the whole 19 minutes. Just blew me away. Absolutely loved it. He explained why he quit at 39 episodes on The Honeymooners. They wanted to do more. He explained why he felt that they had exhausted storylines and he didn't want to ruin it. He felt if they did more, and he would have done more, he felt that he could have ruined it. So it kept it special and only 39 episodes. Uh, you got to watch it. Andy, we are down to 30 seconds. The show's out of here. I
5: I saw that before uh, online, and I watched it again yesterday. And tell me, Harry, when he walked out, he was the picture of elegance with that lapel carnation and the suit, man. Perfect,
1: French cuffs with beautiful cufflinks. So elegant, blowing kisses to the audience. I mean, just regal almost. Yes. Yes. I loved him. I adore him. Me too. All right, my friend. Have a good day. You too. Yep. Yep. It's a great day here in Northfield too. I, I don't know that I've ever said that before, but it is. All right. Well, you know what this means.